everybody. Welcome to the Fin Factor. I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. This is episode number 181. We're here at SAP Center for the San Jose Sharks Draft Party. Joined with us here, we've got Graham Montgomery from Diver Hockey. Say hi, Graham. Hello. Hello. <laughs> uh, obviously, you guys know Graham. He's been in the chat. He's a fan of the show. He's been on the show quite a few times, help us out with the prospects. Obviously, this is probably the best show to have him on Absolutely. as the Sharks are... Uh, primed to make one of the highest draft picks that they've ever made, really, yeah. fourth overall. Um, anything you want to say about uh, the, the fourth overall pick? What, what are we expecting here today? We, uh, there's already a trade uh, that some rumors going on. Right, but that's the thing is we don't know what to expect because uh, it is the draft and the Sharks are fourth overall, not first overall. So uh, interesting to see what could happen because there's a possible trade that could be happening by the time they get to their pick or before. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of things going around right now, especially with what other teams are or are not going to be drafting between first and fourth. So why don't you kind of go over some of that trade rumor and then we'll get the uh, the expert opinion sure. on whether or not this may be a good, a good thing for the Sharks. Well, there, there's some rumors going around that Nashville is trying to trade up because the draft is in Nashville. They want to make a big splash in front of all their fans. So trading uh, Askarov, which was a goalie picked 10th uh, overall, I believe, uh, two years ago. Yeah, two years ago, so. two years ago, um, to get into that spot. And now Nashville has the, I think we looked it up, 15th overall pick. But Askarov would be a top 10 pick, first round pick, but also one of the top prospect goalies, I believe, in the league that's not in the NHL currently. Yeah, he probably wouldn't be a, uh, he probably wouldn't go in the top 10 in this draft, but he's arguably, I would say he's the second best goalie prospect in the world right now behind uh, Jesper Wallstedt. So the difference between 4 and 15 is a lot in this draft. I'm not the biggest fan of Will Smith, so if they're if that's their guy at four, then maybe I'm okay with them. Uh, dra- trading down in general, trading down is a good thing in my opinion. I'm a big proponent of trading down, but when you have a chance to drop this high, especially when you're a team like the Sharks that is in the position they're in, it's 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 a tough sell. Yeah. Now Nashville does have like uh, their pick as well as Edmonton's pick, which I think was 20. 20- Four. I'm not yeah. looking at my notes right now, but um, if they were to get both of those picks, let's say it's overkill for that fourth overall pick, they get two first rounds for this round plus Askarov. Would you do that? Yes. In a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's going to be really, really good players at 24. So it's one thing to do the trade. It's another thing to actually use those picks well. So, you know, we'll see we'll see who they end up actually taking with those picks. But if it's 15, 24, and Askarov, I'm taking that every day. Now, there were some other trades that the Sharks actually did yeah. prior to the draft. Uh, we didn't get to do a show on it, so we're going to talk about it now. Uh, Mackenzie Blackwood, the Sharks traded a sixth-round pick to get Mackenzie Blackwood. Funny thing, I had said it in the fantasy hockey yeah. group, which, is it, which uh, Graham is in with us. Uh, on June 8th, I looked this up. So I was like, I know I said this. You got the date down. Well, I looked you know it up. Right? I, went, I wanted the receipts, right? So I looked it up and I, I said, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if Mike Greer trades for Mackenzie Blackwood's rights because he's an RFA. Uh, his, his trade for his rights like a late round draft pick. I, I think I posted on Twitter yeah, so you yeah. see the actual quote. But um, plus, because Mike Greer has major ties with the New Jersey Devils, and sure enough, a couple days ago, he traded a six round pick for Mackenzie Blackwood's rights, which is very interesting because now what we think could be Capo Kakinen and Mackenzie Blackwood as the kind of one A one B starters here. Now he is kind of a, a project goalie in a way because he's. He started off hot as a rookie and then kind of tailed off from there. Yeah. But what do you think of Mackenzie Blackwood? 
I think if the goal next year is to be really bad, <laughs> then uh, Kakadin, uh Blackwood Tandem is a great place to start. I mean, uh, sounds like we're getting Gary Benton boost right yeah, now. Yeah, Gary Benton's uh, <laughs> going right now. Uh, Blackwood, you know, never say never. He could end up being, you know, good again. But he had an 891 last year in the NHL. Played a couple games in the AHL. Also had bad numbers there. And it's not like the Devils are a bad team. They're a really good team. So, I don't know. I I, I don't really do goaltenders the way, skater, the way I do skaters. Because, you know, scouting yeah. goalies is totally different. Especially at the pro level. But, you know, it's a six-round pick at the end of the day. You're probably not getting an NHL player with that pick, and Mackenzie Blackwood, at the very least, can give you games in the NHL. So it's it's not a bad trade. Yeah, that's where I'm at right on this one too. I mean, for a sixth round pick, absolutely, I take the guy. Yeah, is he going to be more of a career backup? Now, certainly not like a one A one B necessarily, especially with the numbers you just called out. Yeah, I don't think so. But for a sixth. Again, if you're just filling a position, and Reimer's not coming back anyway, right? right. Now, uh, the other part of this, we just talked about potentially a trade that gets Askarov in here. That's a goaltender that's maybe ready for the show, okay? Uh, or, or getting close to that point. Um, there was another trade rumor dealing with a Sharks goaltender. So uh, if that were the case, if that were to go through, then really the only Sharks goalie that, that we have in the system would be uh, Mackenzie Blackwood. Uh, other than like Makiniemi and these other guys right. that only played at AHL time. Yeah. So this other trade rumor was with Pittsburgh. It was uh, Petrie, who has uh, you know he's 35 years old. He's on the decline. Um, he's getting paid quite a bit, five six million, I think, is what it was. Seven and a half, I believe. Oh wow. Okay. So a, a lot a lot of money apparently. Um, and, and that was one of those trades they were going to try to move him, get Kakin in, and then something else comes along the way for the Sharks as well. So. We could see a complete goaltender change uh, in all aspects for the Sharks this season. Still a long ways to go before the next season starts, but yeah. I mean, there's a lot of movement. That's the carousel happens. is real. You I, know don't, I, mean? I don't remember this many trades going on before a draft in a while. Yeah. Like, it's been kind of stagnant, I feel like. And it's kind of weird because the, the salary cap only went up a million dollars from last season. So it's, it's really, I think, handcuffing a lot of GMs that have higher salaries and you're seeing salary dumps. But we also saw, uh, we looked earlier today, there's four teams that are under the floor of the salary cap. So they're going to have to get up to that. So they're going to try and leverage as much as they can to get, yeah. take on some bad contracts and, and uh, get some draft capital or some prospects on the way back, which the Sharks are involved in and they want to be involved in. As, yeah. now, I wouldn't say a dumping ground like Arizona, but, <laughs> but if the price is right, they're going to take on some bad contracts here. I'm trying to remember what it was. I think that they said that uh, Arizona had more money tied up in salary dumps than they had in actual players that are playing the game. Doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> Just oh to get to God. the, the, the yeah. floor. Not the ceiling, the floor, yeah. If it works, it works. Unfortunately, it hasn't really worked out for Arizona. But, um, again, we're going to check to see if anything happens with any of these trade rumors. Um, and I pass it off to you. What, what do you think about some of the trade rumors so far? Um, does any of this line up with maybe some expectations with what the Sharks should be doing right now? I think the main thing for me today is, is Eric Carlson going to get traded today? Okay. All, these, all the other rumors, you know, they are what they are. Yeah. If we take on Jeff Petrie, fine. He's on a bad contract. That's the type of contract I expect the Sharks to be yeah. taking on the next couple of years. And if we can get, you know, draft capital in that or a prospect, then great. I think they should be making trades like that. But really, for Sharks fans, the 
big, big trade that could happen today would be Eric Carlson. I don't know that it will happen today. If it does, I would expect a first-round pick coming uh, this year in, as part of the return. So potentially they could be ending up with more first-round picks, three or four, who knows. But um, uh, as far as all these other minor trades are concerned, you know, Blackwood is, again, good if you want to be bad next year. He's a, he's a goalie that can play games. Jeff Petrie, he's a defenseman that can give you minutes. And, you know, they're kind of, they're kind of thin on defense as well. So, Especially if Carlson's gone. What's gonna be? Especially if yeah. Carlson is gone, yeah. That, big hole. that actually might be – that trade might be contingent on yeah. an Eric Carlson trade, actually. So perhaps if Carlson gets traded today, we'll also see them trade for Jeff Petrie. Probably not in the same trade, I would imagine. Right. But, hey, you never know. Supposedly Kyle Dubas is interested in Carlson. Mm -hmm. That's what I've heard, but you never know. That'd be tough because they have Latang, a right-handed shot defenseman yeah. in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So that's that's where would he fit in? Is kind of I don't know. I think it's a and all the salary they have tied up with Crosby and Malkin and yeah, I guess Latang's the top three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the Sharks had Burns when we traded for Carlson too, so. and it didn't work. <laughs> it worked for one year. Yeah, that's true. It did. If he didn't get hurt. Yeah. Well, so the funny thing is with Carlson and the trade rumors surrounding him, some uh, I think it was Shane Pang had brought this up. Some of the big teams that had had been uh, potentially in on on a trade for Carlson were, uh, yeah, as you said, the Leafs, but also the Seattle Kraken, which is interesting. And then on top of that was the, the Hurricanes. Games. Yeah. Which we've seen this before, guys. Burns and Carlson together it didn't work out that great. Uh, but perhaps the Canes are interested in that. Or maybe they've got another trade up their sleeve. Uh, I don't think that they would want to move Burns out. They liked him. But if they're replacing him with Carlson, maybe. Who knows? Kind of your take on that. Um, you know, the different teams and what they might have to do to make that happen. If you're making a trade with Don Waddell, you're losing the trade. <laughs> I They lost, in my opinion, they lost the Brent Burns trade. You know, E2 McNyemi, he's an interesting goalie prospect. But him and a third... Burns was really good for the Canes this year. If we're trading Carlson to them as well, I would expect the return to be more, but not a lot more. Maybe it's a prospect, and instead of that third, it's a first. And we're retaining, you know, maybe 30% on Carlson. I think you can probably get more from other teams. Waddell is a really hard GM to negotiate with, so I would rather see him go somewhere else just purely from a return perspective. I think that trade, though, was more to do with less interest around the league. So he had limited, Greer had limited options of where to trade him to. Carolina, obviously, wasn't on his list either because Burns had a no-movement clause, so he had to get that cleared. But I, I would have to imagine that there was not much interest, and that's why he took the trade. And people, I'm not, I'm not putting you down, but like people like to put that trade down and say it was awful. But he did what he had to do because it was the only option, as far as I know. We don't know if there were other options, but um, it's kind of like it's a market, right? What yeah. is the market going to dictate what they're worth? And for Carlson, the best scenario is for him to win the Norris, which he did, lead the league in defensemen, he did. Um, and stay healthy, and he did. He played all 82 games. So I think, I think the market's in a better place, especially if they retain some salary, and he's a different player than, than Brent Burns on defense, on, on offense. So I'm hoping that that return would be a lot better than the Burns one. Plus, I think, to me, it sounds like there's more teams interested yeah. as well than there were last season. I'm not expecting the return to be anything like super crazy, like yeah. probably not getting two or three first round picks. You're probably not getting somebody's best prospect. 
But, you know, a first-round pick, a really good prospect, maybe not the team's best prospect, but if you look at a team like New Jersey, just as an, as an example, because I'm familiar with their prospect pool, um, you could get a guy like, I don't know, somebody that a lot of Sharks fans wanted in the uh, Team of Meyer trade was Alexander Holtz. Maybe that's the kind of level of prospect you can get and you can expect in a Carlson turn. Maybe that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, and then that in a first round pick. And then maybe maybe a late round pick as well, just as a throw in. Uh, so, and maybe, maybe probably they're going to be getting a, a salary dump as well. So in the team up trade, they had Andreas Janssen. I would expect a, another player like that just to make the cap work. And for those of you following along at home, uh, the Chicago Blacks, Blackhawks have just selected Connor Bedard with the number one overall shocker. pick in the draft. <laughs> Big shocker, right? I mean, what would it have taken for them to trade this pick away? I mean, what? Give, worth, me, give me McDavid and Dreisaitl? I mean, it's worth too much. It's, it is. It's it really is. So, I mean, for the people that are living under a rock, um, what is it about Connor Bedard that makes him the consensus number one overall pick in this draft? Number one, um, I guess, but also when comparing him, as I just said, you know, McDavid, when comparing him to that player, do they have a similar skill set or are they just both similarly dominant against their, uh, their, their leagues? I would say that Connor Bedard was actually more dominant in the WHL than McDavid was when he was playing in his draft year in the OHL. But that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be a better player. I think he's a better goal scorer for sure. And his offensive toolkit is just insane. He has the best hands in the draft. He's not super fast, but he's very mobile, has great edge work, so he can just deke around players using his feet, using his hands, and he has perfect shooting mechanics, one of the best shots in the league. He will have one of the best shots in the league. And he's a guy who I expect him to score like 40 goals in his rookie season. Wow. That is not something that you can say about any pro many prospects. So I think that's in the upside is like top three, top four player in the league. That's why he's going. That's why he's a consensus overall. First he's overall. coming into the league as an 18 year old and already has one of the best shots in the league. <laughs> yes, that's insane. Yeah. He's already got a theoretical 40 goals. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. this, this guy's potential could be a 60 or more. I goal would be scorer. shocked if he scored less than 30 goals. Yeah. Do you think he has the assuming, support to do that, though? Assuming he's healthy. Well, Bedard, the way Chicago is structured this year, he's going to be the kind of player that's just going to take things into his own hands. Okay. So we heard this last year, like players like Tomas Hurdle were deferring to Timo Meyer, right? Uh, that's going to be the way I suspect a lot of Chicago players are going to defer to Bedard. He, he's already used to playing like that because uh, the team he's played for this year in the WHL, Regina, not a very good team. They barely made the playoffs. And in the CHL, almost every team makes, makes the playoffs. There's like 10 teams in their division and eight of them make the playoffs. So you have to be really bad to not make the playoffs. So they barely got in. And they, I believe, played Saskatoon in the first round. They took it to seven games purely because of Connor Bedard. He had 20 points in seven games. Uh, <laughs> um, so that's the kind of player you're dealing with. Uh, I suspect when he gets to the NHL, at least for the first couple of years, he's going to be playing the same way because there's not going to be a ton of really high-skilled players around him. Players are going to feed him the puck, and he's going to shoot. He shoots a ton, uh, and he's going to score goals. 
They did just get Taylor Hall. I don't know if you saw that. Yes, I did see that. Traded for Taylor Hall. He's going to be a good playmaker for him and bring speed to that line. So it'll be it'll be good for the team. Chicago though still needs to get to the floor. They're still very far from the cap floor, so they're going to be adding some. I wouldn't say bad contracts, but maybe some borderline bad contracts that teams might want to get rid of. I don't know. I think the prospect of being able to play with a guy like Connor Bedard right. year one is going to draw in some pretty high-end talent that's going to cost them quite a bit and kind of get them past that floor. Um, I'm not sure who's available necessarily uh, as a free agent this season that's worth anything uh, in terms of the talent that they can bring. The free agent list is not very good this year. No, okay. Uh, well, it's maybe, very deep. maybe Chicago goes, you know what? We got, we got our unicorn. We're okay <laughs> trading some of these other pieces of way to get some more veteran uh, solid uh, playmakers better defenders whatever it takes you know maybe they bolster up a little bit just in the fact that they've drafted Bedard and just kind of build around him immediately you know who knows yeah. I don't know it'll be interesting to see yeah so uh, that picks in obviously the next one in line here we're waiting for is the yeah. Anaheim Ducks uh, I think that the consensus here is that Anna Fantilli is most likely going to go second overall. But, you know, there's been a lot of talk around Mitch Koff and how he would normally, if Bedard was not here, he would normally be a, a first first overall pick. I mean, the guy is just that good. Um, if he was Canadian and not Russian, <laughs> would we be even having this conversation? I'll say this. Okay. <clears throat> if he came over and played in the CHL, Prior to the Rus prior to Russians being banned from the import draft, because there are players in this draft that are Russian playing in North America. If he had done that and he was playing in, say, I don't know, some team in the OHL, he's probably going second overall. Okay. I mean, Adam Fantilli is a really, really strong all-around player. Uh, great one-timer. Great wrist shot as well. He's got size, he skates well, he's got everything that NHL GMs want. You got a checklist for players you want to draft second overall. Adam Fantilli checks all of those boxes. But Matvey Michkov, the upside is just so high with this guy. Like, he could be potentially a Hall of Famer. Fantilli, maybe, but things would have to go really, really well for that to be the case with Fantilli. I think he's just going to be a really solid first-line center, maybe puts up 80 to 90 points in his peak. But Michkov is a guy that's going to be scoring 50-plus goals regularly, in my opinion, of course. You know, it's all subject to change. You never know. Right. Uh, prospects. He's got two prospects going in the top five that have already scored 90 goals. It's happening next season. Not in the first season. Well, well, yeah, especially with Michkov because he's not going to be coming over for yeah. – a few years. Right. So be like Kaprizov. I fully expect over, right? him to be exactly like yeah. Kaprizov. He's going to come in. He's winning the Calder that year. Mm -hmm. But do you think yeah. that is there any sort of? I mean, maybe that's the fear. Is there any fear that he resigns? That he gets injured over those few years? Is something bad? That, I think that's the big unknown. Is that since we don't have control of him now? Yeah. Right. That's the big worry for most teams. The thing with Russian players, if you draft them, you hold their rights indefinitely. It's not like other, there's different rules for players being drafted out of different leagues. If you're drafted out of Russia, the team that drafts you holds your rights indefinitely. So say you don't want to come over, they still have the rights. Right. Say you don't want to play for the team that drafted you, then you're still going to get value for that player because you can trade him somewhere else. It's not like he's going to re-enter the draft or he's going to become a free agent. Yeah. Nope. If Muchkov isn't going to be playing for your team, he's going to be playing for someone else. As far as injuries are concerned, like... 
Any in, any player can get injured. Michkov, you know, he's on the smaller side, but he's really agile, pretty fast. Like, there isn't anything specific that makes me worried he's going to get injured. He did have an injury at the beginning of the season, uh, in preseason actually, but it was just kind of a freak accident. Um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. That's all right. He's uh, he's small. He, he might be injury prone, but that could happen to anybody anywhere. I think was what your point was. I think the concerns with Michkov, like not coming over or all that stuff, character issues. I think it's all overblown. Like I don't speak Russian. I haven't had a chance to interview him or anything like that. But I don't know. It feels it feels fishy to me. Yeah. So, so, but, so, basically, if he was Canadian, then we wouldn't even yeah. be talking about it. Like, as you just said, if there, he was playing the O or anywhere it, else, we would still be talking about yeah, okay. it. Okay. But I still think he would probably be going second overall. Because in the CHL, yeah. he's, he's scoring over 100 points. Easy. Okay. This year. And it sounds like Anaheim's getting ready to make that second pick. Uh, do you think oh, it's going to be anywhere? Oh, they did. And they took Leo Carlson, which is very interesting. Oh, that changes a lot of things right now for the show. Oh, yeah, you got to keep me updated because I cannot tell what they're saying. Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm not really listening. To I heard Swedish. Wow. So they took Leo Carlson. Okay, so which, that, wow. that's a surprise. Wow. Heard there was a possible rumor wow. beforehand. Yeah. I saw a couple of rumors um, just in the last hour before we went live. A couple of different sources saying Anaheim likes Leo Carlson. Um, in my opinion, he's kind of similar to Adam Fantilli, just not quite as good. I understand the appeal. He played in the SHL this year. He already has over 90 games in the SHL as a draft-eligible player, and the SHL season is only like 50 games long or, some, or something like that. That is extremely rare for a first-time draft-eligible player to have that much pro experience. Like Fantilli, he's big, he's a center, he's got nasty hands, he's got a good shot as well. He has a very similar profile. I think, again, he's going to be a first-line center, probably another 80-90 point guy like Fantilli. I think the goal-scoring upside, especially, is a little bit higher with Fantilli. Uh, Carlson is a little bit better uh, of a two-way player right now. Uh, but overall, it's it's very surprising to see them go with Carlson. I think that's a little bit, a little <laughs> bit of a galaxy brain move. But you know, I feel like Anaheim guys probably guy. could have traded down, maybe to the Sharks. You probably could have traded yeah. down at least a three for yeah, sure. He right. well, yeah, at least a three. Fantilli would have would have gone second. Well, because uh, and again, this could be all posturing, but what we've heard about Columbus is we're taking a center. Yeah. Right? So that was kind of, we were thinking, okay, Fantilli's going to go, and then it's going to be either Carlson or, or Smith, right? Yeah. Um, again, maybe that's just some posturing, but yeah, you would think that they'd be able to, to trade and get some more value uh, knowing that they weren't going to go with Fantilli. If I had to guess, I would say Columbus was expecting to get uh, Leo Carlson right. at three. They've also been rumored that they really like Will Smith, so you never know. Maybe maybe they take Smith here and Fantilli falls to the wow. Sharks. That would be... So if it comes down to Fantilli and Mijkov, who would you want the Sharks to take? Probably still Mijkov. Yeah. But I will take Adam Fantilli yeah. any day of the week. I was not expecting him to be available at three, yeah. so who knows? Maybe he's available at four. Yeah, we'll see what Columbus is going to do because they're going to be up next here. But it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be draft day if things weren't interesting, right? I everyone's mean, everyone's what draft uh, mock drafts have just gone out the window. Second pick. Yeah. I will say, 
there was kind of two sides within the NHL. There were a lot of people who were thinking the draft starts at two because Anaheim could take anybody. Yeah. And there are other people that think it starts at four. So they thought, like, Anaheim is 100% taking this player. Will, uh, Columbus is taking this player. Fourth at the Sharks is the first pick. That's kind of up for grabs. Yeah. Clearly, those people were wrong. It starts at two. So from here on out, it's pretty much all bets are off. This kind of reminds me of last season, the draft, when uh, uh, Shane Wright, who was at the time, yeah. going into that draft was a consensus number one. That draft was a little different, though, because they, those guys were kind of going back and forth. There was no one like Connor Bedard. But uh, Shane Wright ended up dropping to fourth overall, and Seattle nabbed him which I think was highway robbery and yeah. very lucky for Seattle because now they have their one-two punch up the center for, for the next decade probably. Seattle and their draft history so far, it's pretty short, but they've been a really smart team at the draft. They've drafted a lot of players that I've liked the last couple of years, so we'll see uh, We'll see what they do. I'm not sure where their first pick, or if, I'm not sure, even sure if they have their first round pick this year or not, but... Uh, well, they made playoffs, so it, it, it would be later on. Right? I can't think when of any. Yeah, maybe. I can't think. Yeah, of, that's what I'm saying. I can't think of it. any major trades they made though. So I'm assuming they still have their pick. They're yeah. probably going to pick somebody good. Yeah. <laughs> of course, Seattle's um, going to be a nemesis. Yeah. For the Sharks in the Pacific, <laughs> probably more yeah. so than I think Vegas will be. See, here's the thing. The reason we hate Vegas is not because of the team so much as the fan base. Well, I, I don't, think Seattle doesn't have that, that type of fan base. No, but what I don't like about Vegas, obviously the fan base. Okay. They're kind of you know entitled, and now they just won. It makes it even worse. But uh, the way they treat their players, I don't like how the yeah. front office does that because they trade them away. Um, if they have a no-movement clause, they're going to get traded at any point. Case in point, Riley Smith was traded yeah. today, I believe, this morning. I did not hear about that. What? I did not know about that. Oh, I think it was Riley Smith. I, I, no, it? I missed that. What was that? Uh, he got traded for a traffic. Wasn't it Riley Smith? Maybe the people in the comments can help us out. Someone in the comments, help us out on that one. Fact check this guy right here. Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I didn't hear that. Then they signed... Uh, uh, Who's the guy that used to play for the Kings? And it was in Seattle. And he got traded to Vegas. But it starts with a B. If, uh, <laughs> I need my computer. Uh, I'm not going to work I need anymore. my computer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll have to check on that for later after the three-hour stream is over. But, uh, yeah, apparently some of the action going on in the NHL with some trade rumors there. But I guess the point, again, for me at least, was that's the reason that I don't like Vegas. It's not so much the team. It's their uh, – oh, Smith to Pittsburgh. For I was right. Riley Smith got traded to Pittsburgh for a third round There you pick. go. There you go. Thank you, uh, Kevin the Elder God. We appreciate <laughs> – your godly experience there. See, I didn't, I didn't make that up. Yeah, yeah, no. Making me feel dumb over That's... here. <laughs> well, I was driving all morning, so, you know, yeah, that's yeah. probably why I didn't say that. <laughs> oh. Getting some more booze. Barbershef. Barbershef then signed right uh, afterwards. Right. So they well, signed he, him. he came from Parker. St. Louis, though. Five but he was five. in L.A. went to St. Louis. Oh, no, he was St. Louis. Barbershef came Sorry. from St. Louis, yeah. yeah. I'm mixing him up with another player that was in L.A. It's uh, It wouldn't be a Fin Factor stream if we didn't jump all over our words right. for a little bit there, at least. So we're, we're right on track. Don't worry, guys. It's all good. Um, but yeah, again, again, I don't think that Seattle is going to have that type of fan base that I'm going to uh, just like them. The thing that bothers me, though, is that... Um, oh, wait. Did they just make the pick? Fantilli just went. Fantilli just went? Okay, so there Not you go. Not surprised. Yeah. Uh, surprised at three, really, but... I think Columbus would have been pretty dumb to pass on Fintilia. Now it's going to get very interesting. Yeah, now is where oh. it gets to, Yeah. Now it's uh, Smith or Michkov, pretty much. Which is what we thought it was going to be in the first place, but it, they just swapped two and three, gave us a little bit of hope. 
uh, to try to make this decision a lot easier than it should be. But, you know, we've got, you know, the, the pros over here saying go Mishkov. Uh, you've got a lot of other people saying, no, get the center. And I think Greer even said we're probably going to get a center, didn't he? No. I don't remember. No, 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 no. I'm pretty sure. No, Greer what said, he said was um, normally we take the best player in the draft. Okay. This draft happens to be a lot of centers. Okay. That was his quote. Not that we're so going like to we'll take probably a take a center because that's what we have. Or well, he said we always take the best player in the draft, which to me he's hinting at Mitchkov. He also said that they met with the Russian players that they wanted to meet with, yeah, but wouldn't confirm if that, if was, that was one of them. <laughs> so I think they're going to take Mitchkov. I want to do like I, not, I want them to take Mitchkov. Not I don't want to do a roll call. I want to do a roll call, but I do want to ask for your comments and opinions. <laughs> Throw it down here right now. Sharks are on the clock. Let us know who you think that they should be picking with the fourth overall. Let's do a roll call. Do a roll call. Tell us, tell us where you're watching from. You know what? We'll probably do multiple roll calls, so yes, this will be the exactly. first one, okay? And I think Super Producer Jason might have a new feature to display for you guys. He's pumping his arms like this in the background. <laughs> who do you want the Sharks to take and where you're watching from? Where you're watching from, yes, and who do you think the we Sharks We probably got another two minutes before the Sharks actually get to the podium, so... I'm guessing, yeah. So, or, you know what? Hey, maybe they don't make the pick. Maybe there's a trade doing now. So that, too. Maybe they're looking at that Askarov. Yaroslav, I think, is the first name. Yaroslav Askarov. Askarov. Isn't that great, by the way, the way that name flows? I think it's a great hockey Yaroslav name. Yaroslav Askarov is phenomenal. I love they did say they're probably going to draft a goalie this year. So that makes me wonder. It makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's a goalie that was drafted, so maybe. Well, yeah. yeah. I, I, I just wonder if he's not as appealing to Greer specifically because they have a goalie in this draft that they yeah. really like. Yeah. Okay, that goalie in the draft, let's say the top goalie in this year's draft, who would be better, that goalie or Askarov? Probably Askarov. Yeah. So it would be worth In my opinion, the top goalie in this draft is Trey Augustine from the U.S. National Team Development Program. Uh, he's really athletic, really calm, really poised, uh, good positioning. He is on the smaller side. He's 6'2". Put up, put up really, really gaudy numbers with the program though this year. He went like 29-1-2 or something. Wow. <clears throat> Had like a 9-21 save percentage. Uh, you know, take it with a grain of salt. It's a really, really good team. But he's, he has NHL starter upside for sure. I don't know, 6-2, that's a little short for Sears liking. <laughs> a lot of the best goalies in this draft are a bit on the smaller side. Yeah. So, okay. um, I'm going to ask you a question in a second, but I just just take it in if you're listening at home. And the, you hear all the fans over here going, let's go Sharks, clapping it up. Um, there's a lot of really good energy in the building here right now. If you're not here, I wish you could be. Uh, and if you are here, oh, wait a minute. Here's Super Producer Jason with the map. He's showing everybody uh, where you are um, popping up from. Yeah, popping up from. There you go. We got someone over there in the middle of the Ready? world. What Frog. is that? That looks That's like Czechia. Oh, wow. Yep, there you Frog. Go. I mean, the first one. Yep. I love Walnut that. Creek. Walnut Creek. That is not Walnut Creek. You said that's Prague. <laughs> no, Prague. I know. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, if, if by chance the Sharks were to pick uh, the goalie you were just speaking of, where is that goalie slotted to go in this draft? It's hard to Ryan say. McCree? I think he's probably going to go in the last few picks of the first round. So, I have him ranked at 30th, I'm pretty sure. Okay. He has been as high as, like, 25. He's been in that range for me all year. So, it wouldn't be a terrible reach for him at 25, but he's probably not going to be, be available with their first pick in the second round. So, if they really want Augustine specifically, 
they're probably gonna have to trade down or just take him with the with that pick. But there's other goalies like Augustine is not the consensus. I would say like 70 to 80 percent of scouts would say he's the best goalie, but there are people that think it's Michael Robel, who is a lot bigger. He's six four, uh, really solid positioning. Gets beaten clean over the shoulders though, which is a tough spot for every goalie, but for him in particular, that's his big weakness that kind of scares me a little bit, because even if you have the size, if you're getting beat by shots like right by your ears, it's a really hard shot to stop, and I don't know I don't know how goalie development works, you know, so I can just tell you how, what, what he's good at and what he's not at now, and right now, you know, I think his upside is probably a little bit higher. He could be like, you know, a top 10, top 15 starter in the league, um, but there's more risk there as well, because he could, he could just be not an NHL level goalie at all, in my opinion. So what I'm hearing from you, though, is that, remind me, where are the Sharks picking with their second pick? 26? 26. 26. I mean, maybe you don't need to trade the fourth overall to get Askarov. You can just trade your 20, or, or use your 26 to get the best goalie in the draft. And you hear Fonseca out there. Fonseca's going nuts. If you don't know Fonseca, he's the guy that does all the... the uh, in, in arena, he's the in arena host for the uh, San Jose Barracuda. He's out here in his flashy suit as he always is. He's getting the crowd all pumped up and everything. Um, we're trying to have this conversation, but also lend an ear to what is going on. Um, <laughs> oh, you can see the draft party behind us too in the background. Right, yeah. There is a uh, mechanical shark instead of a mechanical bull. Yes, you can ride around on. Uh, there is some what is human this? Uh, billiards. Ski ball. Human, human billiards. billiards. Yeah, with the, There's a couple food trucks out here. Kicking soccer balls or whatever. Right. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, this is the biggest moment of Mike Greer's career so far. This is. So, so Greer's talking right now. Uh, the crowd's reacting to it. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think we're allowed to just kind of watch, stop and listen, listen in. Right. Um, I don't know what he said, but they didn't like it. I don't know what that was. Well, I think if there, he probably thanked Gary Bettman. Oh, say so if there was a trade, I'd fair enough. If there was a trade going on, we wouldn't see Gary Bettman up there. Not Mike Greer. So Absolutely. A, so we're making the sign that. Oh, Patrick Marlowe. There we go. Patrick Marlowe is going to be the one announcing. Okay, that's an interesting development. Patty Marlowe. Out there in Nashville. I, I asked if we can get Patrick Marlowe on the show today, and they go, uh, I yeah. don't think he's going to be here. Will Smith. Will, Will Smith. Smith. Let's take it. Okay. Um, I mean, I think maybe you're a little on the fence about it, but yeah. I mean, if, if you're going to get a center, Will Smith is the next best center, right? <laughs> oh, no. Okay, okay, so my board at the top is a little bit different than a lot of people's. I am lower on Will Smith specifically than a lot of people, which is why I was really hoping they were going to get Michkov. Uh, in my opinion, I believe the next highest center on my board is actually also from the development program, but it's Oliver Moore. Oliver Moore, he centered their second line, uh, so he didn't get you know the same kind of minutes, the same kind of opportunity with the program that Will Smith did, but he's the best skater in the draft by far. Really strong two-way game, always puts in his best effort. If he can just get his shot, work on his shot a little bit, become a little bit more of a scoring threat, like the upside with Moore is, in my opinion, higher than with Smith, and the floor is really safe because he has that skating ability to rely on. Uh, really smart player as well. 
So, I don't know. He's If you watch Oliver Moore, he's, he's just super fun to watch. He's one of the most fun players to watch in this draft. Um, I think Smith, one thing you have to consider with Smith is that that line that he played on with Gabe Perot and Ryan Leonard, like all three of those guys are projected to go top 15 in this draft. They had insane chemistry together. So, you know, maybe his numbers were inflated a little bit by playing with great finishers. Because Will Smith, probably the worst finisher on that line. Ryan Leonard and Gabe Pro both have better shots than him. And he was more of a playmaker on that line than a goal scorer. I mean, he still scored like 50 goals, don't get me wrong. But personally, I like Oliver Moore more. So, okay. so the Sharks are going to be adding another playmaking center to their arsenal, I guess, of their prospects. We need goal scorers. Exactly. The Sharks need goal scorers. I mean, Will Smith is going to score goals. Yeah, He's right. probably going to score, you know, 30 goals at the NHL level. But there's that's, a lot of William people. Eklund is a playmaker. Yeah. That's yes. also the top prospect. William Eklund is a playmaker. Thomas Bordalo yeah. yeah. added a bit of goal scoring this season, but historically speaking, was drafted as more of a playmaker. Um, Daniel Gushin's a scorer, but, you know, not as much draft pedigree with him. We'll yeah. see, you know, you can't really rely on a guy like Gushin coming in and being a 40-goal scorer. I think it's possible, but really they need more bona fide goal scorers in our in our pipeline. So, I so mean, thank you, Super Producer Jason. Nicholas Deacon for the comment. They played the Fresh Prince theme when he got drafted. <laughs> well done. Hey, at least he didn't go up to the podium and punch Batman. That, uh, <laughs> to, or slap him, rather, I should say. Uh, yeah. There's still time. <laughs> There's still time. So, he said the Fresh Prince of something hill, whatever the guy's from. Anyway, um, so if you're to focus on the positives of Will Smith, okay, um, obviously you've got a different opinion of the, the guys that you would have liked to have uh, in his stead. But if we're focusing on the positives, uh, you said playmaking ability, uh, very good skating, edge work, those types of things. So what kinds of things can the Sharks fans expect to see when uh, he's out on the ice? Is he kind of like another Eklund, essentially, or does he bring something else to the table as well? Um... I wouldn't say he's like William Eklund. He attacks the middle of the ice more. He's got better hands. He has more. He has better puck skills than William Eklund. Uh, really, really nice hands. Granted, I'm not as high on Eklund as maybe a lot of people are. I was really high on him in his draft year, but he hasn't quite developed the way I thought he would. Um, Leo Carlson, for example, scored at a very similar rate in the SHL as William as William Eklund did in his draft year, um, but. I don't think Eklund is going to be quite the player Leo Carlson will be. But with Smith, you know, he's probably going to be our first-line center for a pretty long time. So, I mean, it's not the end of the world. The top end of this draft is still really, really good. Uh, and Smith is part of that group. He's not my favorite, but really good hands, really good vision. I don't actually think he's a great skater. Perhaps I said that earlier. That was a okay. mistake. Um, he's probably the second best skater on his line. Gabe Pro is a really bad skater. But he's not particularly fast. In fact, that's one of my main criticisms of Smith. That's why I have him lower than a guy like Oliver Moore. He's not really that fast, but he plays like he is that fast. And that works at the junior level when you're playing against junior level competition. If he tries playing that way against NHL level competition, I think he's going to struggle a lot more than people might expect. 
Granted, I don't expect him to come to the NHL right away. He's probably going to stay. In fact, I think he's committed to a university. I'm not okay. certain. But, One more year, at least, um, at least, that he committed to, yeah. Yeah, so he's not going to be coming in for a couple of years, probably. But as it is right now, I would like to see him refine his game a little bit, play at the pace he's comfortable with, because he's not going to have linemates like the guys he's playing with on the Sharks, that's for sure. Uh, and he's... Not that fast by NHL standards. So is Mike Greer becoming somewhat predictable because another guy out of the Boston area, correct? Isn't that where he's from? Yeah. Is that college? Is yes. In Boston. So he, he had ties. Yes, there are Smith, there are ties to Smith. His son went to high school with, with Smith right. apparently. Yeah. Um, but I think in terms of predictability – I look more at the type of player he's drafting in general, not just like, you know, there's the boss connections, but I think so far it's very limited sample size, but I think he's gone with safe picks with most of his picks so far. So maybe he's a guy that's going to take more safe picks, which I'm not really a big fan of, but we'll see what happens. Uh, the Sharks did do a home run pick a couple years ago when they took... Uh, the defenseman that we just traded. Oh, man. Ryan Merkley? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Ryan, Ryan Merkley, Merkley was right? a home run pick. Right. Yeah. So that was, I mean, that's a different different staff, but a uh, different organization pretty much. But um, I, we have seen them take home runs before, and yeah. it didn't work out. Yeah. But, I mean, this is much different. I would rather take a home run on Michkov than, than taking Merkley 21st overall. Yeah, there's a big that. difference when you're drafting 4th versus, you know, 20th yeah. or whatever where they got. So, first. interestingly enough, uh, Montreal just made their pick. They had Carey Price do it, and they selected Reinbacher, who was the defenseman, defenseman in this draft. He's supposed to be the best defenseman in this draft, correct? Not in my opinion. Oh, no, boy. Not this is like having a month. Speak on it. <laughs> here, let me get out my rankings just okay, so yeah, I can double go. check where I have Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I guess, you know, everyone was kind of expecting... You know, maybe Mitch Copper would fall. Uh, do we think that he was going to fall this much? Uh, yeah, I think people did, yeah. but we'll see. The Capitals. I expect are probably, him to go to Washington. Yeah, it. the Capitals are probably going uh, like this the whole yeah, time. I think enough. they're eighth overall. I have two defensemen ranked higher than Ryan Bakker. Okay. Wow. Okay. So I have Ryan Bakker at 17. Wow. My top ranked defenseman is a guy I've been talking about all year. It's Dmitry Simashev. Played in the. Uh, he played 18 games in the KHL. This year, also spent a lot of time in the MHL, which is the Russian Junior League. Did not score a lot. But the tools are there for him to score. I think he's a very divisive prospect because the production hasn't been there. I think there's more offense there to be had. But what most scouts can't agree on, he's the best transition defender in the draft by far. Wow. If you're trying if you have the puck and you're trying to get into the offensive zone when Simashev is on the ice with control, you're not dumping it in. Simashev is gonna stop you. Is he a right handed shot or left handed shot? Simashev is a left handed shot, I believe. Okay. Um but is there a chance he could fall super late into this draft? Simashev is one of the biggest wild cards in the draft for me. So he could specifically be because the offense hasn't been there. Yeah. So he could a be lot there. of players with his profile tend to go like early in the second round. Yeah. Except for the fact that he's six four and he's one of the best skaters in the draft. Which is not a combination you get very often. You can't teach that. Yeah. <laughs> so despite the offensive 
struggles he's had this year, he could go pretty high. So I don't know if he's going to be available at 26. If he is, he's probably going to be one of my targets. If not, the player I would pick in that range. And by the way, uh, every year I do this thing where I like make my own picks wherever the Sharks are drafting just as a way to like measure myself as a scout. And for that fourth pick, I would have taken Michkov. He's still available, so I would have taken that four. We'll see what happens when he gets to 26. <laughs> So you uh, you go looking back uh, through the years to see where you uh, where you did right and where you did wrong maybe. Last year is the first year that I did okay. it the entire for the entire draft. Yeah. In 2020, I have like an honorary member, which is uh, JJ Paterka. Which, if you'll remember, the Sharks actually traded down with their second round pick to Buffalo. Uh, they traded from 34 to 38, and they took Thomas Bortolo with that okay. pick. At 34, with our pick, Buffalo took J.J. Paterka, and so far, Paterka has developed quite a bit better than Bortolo, so, I mean, you know, could have been beginner's luck, but... <laughs> yeah. I think when, when you get it right beyond the first round, though, that's kind of showing... Uh, quite a bit of understanding of the prospects. I mean, it was 34. The, it's it's practically the first round. Well, but. but it's tough, I think, still, right? To, to have an understanding of all these different prospects, even even if it was second round or early second round. Yeah. Um, to be able to say, yeah, that guy, you know, because a lot of a lot of GMs can't do that, right? So yeah, I actually thought Paterko should have gone in the first round. I watched him specifically because I thought he was the best player that. The Sharks had a realistic chance of drafting, and uh, they had a chance at 31. They took Ozzy Weisblatt, and then they had a chance at 34. They traded down and ended up taking Waterloo. So, not you know, not my first choice for either of those picks. But so, question then: Does Mitchkov make it to was it eighth for Washington? Eighth, does he yeah. make it to eighth? Or someone taking him before that. Six and seven is only between them, right? The only team that I could see taking taking him would be Arizona at six because they also have the 12th pick. Okay. So they kind of have a safe floor with that 12th pick. They can get somebody who's a lot safer who's still going to have a lot of upside. Yeah. So they're the team that is poised to draft Michkov of anybody else. Other, otherwise, it'll most likely be Washington. Gotcha, okay. Uh, and then as far as... Who's the other the other forward? The other one we were talking about. Beyond Mishkov. There was one more. I cannot remember now. I guess that was it. So, okay. Uh, the ones that are coming up here, is there anybody in there that you would think, you know what? I mean, obviously, you, you talked about the other, the other forward. Um, but is there anyone else that the Sharks should have taken, in your opinion, at four? Uh, before taking Will Smith? So, Smith probably would have been my third choice Okay. with that pick. Behind Oliver Moore right. and Matt Bay-Michkov. Okay, so just those two. Just those two, yeah. Okay. I don't know. We'll have to see how it pans out as the years go by. But uh, I don't know. I get, I'm, I'm excited because it's a new name. It's fresh blood. Someone coming in. You know, uh, this is what the Sharks need. And I'm, I'm personally, I'm glad they didn't trade it. I'm glad they didn't move it. I know there is some. It's always exciting to be able to move picks around and get guys in here. But uh, for them to get, you know, let's say, like we're talking about Askarov, and then this, you know, unicorn trade where they're getting extra picks on top of it. I don't know. I don't think that happens. First of all, um, and you know, again. I, the, the Sharks need goal scoring. Uh, part of goal scoring is being able to move the puck. So hopefully the playmaking ability kind of sparks every guys 
Uh, you know, maybe Eklund's known as a playmaker, but if he had another playmaker alongside him, maybe he turns into more of a goal scorer. So, uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm recklessly optimistic, <laughs> as always. You guys know me. Just, maybe Toronto trades Nylander for Carlson. I, you know, and, and that's just it. So, <laughs> if they do make a trade for, for Carlson, first of all, Toronto's got so much money tied up in, in, in cash space, they would have to unload somebody big, right? So, uh, I wouldn't even be opposed to that, necessarily. But, I don't know. It's something else we can talk about as the stream goes on here. <laughs> um, but I guess now, really, the, the biggest question is, when is Michkov going to go? Uh, because that's the only other guy that we're thinking the Sharks should have grabbed. I'll like say this. Reinbacher going ahead of Michkov is a crime against humanity. <laughs> that is... That's when they're going to look back at this draft in a couple I years understand it. He's a big right-handed shot defenseman yeah. with some offensive upside. But Reinbacher, to me, I don't... Whoa, Dimitri! Give, give the name, Silichev. <laughs> what he say? Dimitrev. Wait, who was that? That's Arizona. That Arizona. Arizona just drafted Dimitri Simashev. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good for me because I only know so much about so many. This guy knows everything. And his that reaction, is. Yeah. Wow. Hats okay, off. talk to me about it. What, what surprises you about that? Again, the offensive production just hasn't been there. There hasn't been that much hype around this guy. I mean, I don't even have him this high. I have him I have him at nine. Okay. And I'm one of the highest people on him that I know. It felt like NHL teams were probably going to be lower on him than a lot of the public people were going to be. But clearly that was wrong, at least, for the, at least in the case of the Coyotes. Um, incredible, incredible transition defender. Both defensively, he's just elite at preventing zone entries against. Like, if you have the puck, you're dumping it in against him. He's not letting you get in. He creates turnovers at his own blue line really, really well. Uh, he's also a really good skater and has good puck handling. So, as a puck carrier... Chikrin, sorry. Chikrin is way more of a goal scorer than Simashev is. He's, he has more offensive upside by far. But Simashev does, or he is really, really strong in transition as a puck carrier. So even though he might not be the most skilled as it is right now when it comes to his offensive production, he's at least getting the puck through the neutral zone. He's establishing zone time, and he can get the puck off to more uh, control, more skilled uh, players. A few surprises. I saw, again, your eyes popped out of your head on a couple of these, uh, especially the Michkov one. You yeah, that's the big story. Michkov going yeah. to Philly at seven. That caught me by surprise. Of course, with Billy, they are kind of have a lot of turmoil in their organization right now. Danny Briere, brand new GM. Been in the organization for a while, but you never know what the philosophy is going to be like. Kind of similar to the Sharks last year. Mike Greer comes in right before the draft. Uh, it's not his, you know, it's not the team he's built. He probably is familiar with some of the players, but not too familiar. So I don't know what the thinking is in Philly, but obviously I love the pick because Michkov is definitely the best player available at seven. It's just not a pick I was expecting him to make. I was fully expecting him to go to the Capitals at eight. Um, but they ended up taking Ryan Leonard which is very on-brand. If Michkov was your primary target yeah. and you miss him, Ryan Leonard is makes a lot of sense as a backup option, but he's probably the best goal scorer still on the board at that point. And that's going to be the 
maybe not number one replacement, but a replacement for when Ovechkin retires down the road. Yeah, he'll probably play the Ovechkin spot on the power play. He's got a great one-timer. He's got a great shot in general, scoring instance from the power play. From that left circle, he's really dangerous. Now, one of your more favorite players, as you said, was Moore. I think, but yes. What was the first name again? Oliver. Oliver Moore. Yeah. Did I didn't hear it. Did Oliver Moore get chosen yet? He's still on the board. So this is, for you, this is the gem that's still out there waiting for somebody to scoop him up. Uh, yes. At this point, let's see, where are we at? I'm not sure exactly where we're at. Something like that. Um, but... Moore is the highest-ranked player I have still available. Moore and Zach Benson. Benson, I was expecting to be off the board by now. Uh, really good two-way center. Undersized. Not a great skater, but he skates really hard. He's a really hard worker. Good at every end of the ice. Really smart and just really, really good vision. Uh, probably the best playmaker left on the board and also one of the higher upside bets left on the board. Kind of surprised he's still available. So do you think the teams that are coming up here, those are the next targets, the best player available, or do you think that they've got other guys that they're targeting that, they, you know, I specifically wanted this player? It's hard to say, especially with Zach Benson, because the size and the skating are probably going to be concerns for NHL teams. That's why he's still available. Right. With the upside alone, he would have been drafted already if that wasn't the case. Um, with Oliver Moore, it's hard to say. I don't know. I don't know why Oliver Moore is still available. He probably should be drafted by now. Maybe we'll hear. Maybe. I don't know. Um, so let's see. There was actually, we'll let this thing kind of go on in the background and we'll get um, kind of your information or your thoughts on a couple of things that are happening. There was another trade, a smaller trade, and I don't know if we talked about this already. The Agazino trade? Yeah. Oh, we did not. Yeah, I might have mentioned it, but yeah. Well, I mean, uh, any of these things. Let's go ahead and just kind of go through whatever. So sure. I know Agazino was one of them. Now this guy had a year left on his contract. He was a um, the the captain for the uh, the Barracuda actually, yeah. and they traded him away. Some people didn't understand the trade, and especially you're trading for Schuster, who is going to be a UFA. So do the Sharks actually like Schuster for some reason, and they're planning on signing? Wasn't well, he six foot six? I know almost nothing about this guy. Oh, yeah, Schuster is huge. I think that's part of it. But I think from what I thought, somebody had said that uh, Agazino requested the trade. So yeah. if he might have. I mean, the Sharks are bringing in all of these prospects, and he's probably going to get bumps from the AHL at some yeah. point or at least his position. Or maybe they took the captaincy away and they're going to name someone else captain. Or maybe he's just wanted a kind of a fresh start. But he's kind of a, a lifer AHL, kind of a tweener where he's too good for the AHL but not good enough for the NHL and that's kind of where his career is um, but maybe he just wanted maybe he just I forgot where he went was it Anaheim, Anaheim, Anaheim right Anaheim. Yeah. Back, well, he wanted, came from Anaheim I believe yeah. yeah maybe he wanted to go down south go back home I don't know I think this it's is one a minor those, trade so it's like yeah and, and, and again it's so it's funny that you say you know, he's too good for the AHL but not good enough for the NHL it's, it's amazing how fine that line is you know um, but again I think that the, in this trade it's not so much that they're interested in Schuster and they're going to resign necessarily right. I think they're just doing Agazino a solid um, but you know hey could be wrong on that one um, just, just something that happened. We thought we'd bring it up uh, before we kind of move on. So uh, I don't know if there was any other trade rumor type stuff we wanted to bring up or whatever. But uh, we already went over the rumors okay. here. More of just the Eric Carlson trade, if and when he'll get traded and where he'll go to. And I want to say that for just a little later on because, as we know, <laughs> the first round is uh, very it was like three hours long. I think we're actually right. an hour into it, which. 
we've made it this far. Uh, as you guys know, we can talk for too long. So this, well, I think we'll be okay, but my goodness, it's very, very long. And as you can see, nothing has changed on set whatsoever, uh, other than Grandma's back. I think you need to turn around this segment <laughs> the whole time. You know, I, I, here, I'll, I'll do this right now. I don't know if you can see if I'm, yeah, there you go. There you go. There it is. Noah Gregor. No, there you go. Goal scorer. So, 10 goal scorer. Yeah. Elite 10 Elite goal scorer. 10 goal scorer. Where he gets five goals in the last nine games. What's with the hearts? Knock it off, <laughs> Sir Producer Jason. I think a lot of our fans were cheering so loudly when he scored that 10th goal. I think so. I think they were. I was not one of them. That was uh, the best moment of the year for me. Yes. <laughs> See? In a year that did not have many ups, other than Carlson getting 101 points, Gregor getting 10 goals is amazing. I think, though, the, the prospect of having a jersey purchased for you or a pie in the face, I feel like I still won. Again, I still I, won. I'm a nice guy. You are a nice guy. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Appreciate it. And it's it's uh it's comfy. Yeah. Nice. Appreciate it's that. It's clean. It, it actually is. I, I actually I don't think I've seen a, this jersey up close. Like I've only really? seen it on the ice. Okay. Not well, like up close. It's very nice. So it's with for, the NHL crest, it's like way up on the I, Yeah. Where is it? Okay. Oh yeah, it's way high. It should be down here. Down in the middle, yeah. Maybe because you have it's probably fanatics. Did you get me a fanatics jersey? I did not. I'm clean right I now. I did not, it's Adidas. Okay. Because <laughs> I purposely did not get fanatics. I don't want to talk too much smack about Fanatics. Yeah, I almost you did do. with Doug Benz earlier. Yeah. <laughs> but I think he alluded to the fact that the shark store sells other things. I'm not rubbing my mic, am I? Okay, good. Uh, yeah, thank you, Super Producer Jason, for uh, confirming the mic's not being rubbed for the hearts on the screen. And I saw the confetti. You thought I didn't notice. I saw the confetti. There it is. Okay. And then making it rain. Okay. Hey, uh, again, we're back, sort of. So we're, we're essentially in a holding pattern now, waiting for the 24th pick, which is the Sharks' last pick in the first round. Yeah. 26. 26? 26. 26. My bad. 26. You can see they're going to trade up to the 24th. That's what I'm, I'm seeing in the future. No, 26th overall pick. Uh, and that's coming a little bit later on, I think. Detroit just made their 17th overall, is that correct? Yeah. So we've got a little ways to go still. Um, we've got a few topics to, uh, to kind of bring up and just chat about, and hopefully this comes sooner than later. Detroit, by the way, uh, they were talking, uh, so they, they, they made their first pick, whichever number that was, and then he was up there talking, thanking this guy and saying this and blah, 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 whatever, and then they made the pick. And then for their, their uh, 17th, he gets up there and he starts talking again. It's like, no, you already said this. You already thanked everybody. What are we doing? Should just go just up there make and the pick. pick. Do, do what Patrick Marlin did. Yeah, just go up, say a name, and go away. That's all you have to do. Yeah. Uh, we have Laura Birmingham saying, hi, hope you guys oh, are hi, having Laura. fun. What a cool opportunity. Hey, I know. Honestly, this has been so much fun. Uh, being able to have Graham here with us, specifically during a draft party where this is his, this is wheelhouse. He knows prospects. So being able to get his uh, insights on these guys has been uh, just a really great opportunity uh, for us to be here during the draft to get, you know, Doug Benz to get, uh, Dan Boyle was awesome getting him in here. <laughs> Boiler. Boiler, I love it, buddy. And then, of course, Scott Hannon, uh, a yeah. friend of the show. So uh, it's been a great experience so far. Um, How about we uh, we do a roll call right now? Sure. To kind of fill in some We said we were going to do multiple. So. Right. So yeah. tell us where you're watching from and... Should the Sharks... Take the goaltender with the uh, 26th overall if he's available. Do okay, you think sure. they ought to do that? Should right. they take the goalie with the 26? Is that the I next thing the Sharks need? And we'll talk to him in just a second. But we want to see your opinions. Do you think the Sharks ought to go get a goaltender who's a guy good enough to be going in the first round? Sure. Okay. Is that fair? I think it's fair. 
What's your take on that? What are you thinking? The Sharks clearly need goaltending, so... Yeah, I mean, I generally believe in drafting goalies higher than they get drafted because I think there's this popular belief that goaltending is, like, voodoo or whatever you want to call it. It's, it's hit or miss. You could have a guy go completely undrafted. There's lots of undrafted... Of any position, there's more undrafted goalies in the NHL than than any other position. I mean, on a per-position basis, right? There's only 32 yeah. starters. There's only 64 goalies in the league. There's way more forwards and defensemen, obviously. But proportionally speaking, there's way more undrafted goalies just because their development is weird. And Very NHL, yeah. even NHL teams haven't figured it out yet. Yeah. Um, and so I generally believe that it's worth the risk to take a swing on a goalie in the first, late in the first round, if there's a guy that you really like, uh, back in 2017, I believe Dallas traded up in the draft to select um, Jake Ottinger, and he was fifth in Vesna in Vesna voting trophy, or the Vesna voting. He was yeah. fifth. Yeah. Um, as a rookie goaltender, right? He's gonna have a really long career as one of the better goalies in the league. That's a team that saw their guy and they knew how good he was gonna be and they made their move. Um, so I think the Sharks could do something similar. I mean, they wouldn't necessarily have to trade up. They could just take uh, Augustine at 26 and you never know. You might have your starting goaltender for a long time. There were a lot of fans I remember that wanted Wallstead drafted. Yeah, and that was uh, yeah for me. Yeah, for me that would have been too high. That's the that's when they traded down, right? They had 11. Yeah. That to me is a bit too high to draft a goalie. I mean, Wallstead's kind of a different case because he's like so good. Plus, he was a European goalie playing in the SHL, a pro league. Those goalies that do well in the dra in their draft season in a pro league like that, usually those guys are safe bets. Outside of that, it's more hit or miss. So that's a guy maybe I would have considered drafting 11th overall if they didn't trade down there, but... In that draft, looking back on that draft, it's kind of been a weaker draft class there. It's definitely a weaker class yeah. for sure, yeah. So that would be a good time to have drafted him. Yeah. yeah. I still I still like moving down there. Yeah. I like the moves that they made. And they got That was the year they got Bison last year, right? Oh, uh, you know what? Hang on a minute. I think we're I think we might be cross crossing things up here. One other one. I think this was 2020. They moved okay. down last year. They did move down. Yeah, last so this year. was not yeah. so this was the year they drafted Eklund then. I believe 2020, oh. right? Uh, between Eklund and Wallstad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I would take Eklund over yeah. Wallstad. You wouldn't? Oh. I mean, looking back on it. At that time? At the time, yes. I definitely would have taken Eklund over Wallstad. Looking back, maybe I'd rather have Wallstad. Hindsight's hard. I mean, draft. <laughs> I mean, Eklund is still going to be good. Yeah. So I mean, don't you don't have to be that concerned. Like he's right. not, yeah. he's not a bust. Yeah. But realistically, realistically, he's probably like a second line, sixty to seventy point guy. Yeah. Maybe and like twenty goals. He's not going to score a ton of goals. I, I just remember when they picked him. Uh, Doug Wilson Jr. was saying, "I can't believe you fell to us at seven. Neither could I. Right. But as you're saying now, now does it make more sense now? that he may have been picked at seven as opposed to maybe getting a little bit earlier off the board. It's hard to say. Yeah. Um, just because development, I mean, the draft is, you can only work with the information you have available to you at the time. Right, so maybe there were some things that other teams drafting ahead of the Sharks saw that specifically concerned them with Eklund, but 
knowing everything, you, you can't know for sure how a player's going to develop. Doing that draft again, I would have taken Eklund again. In hindsight, obviously things are different, but you can only work with the information you have at the time. Um, speaking of Eklund, actually, um, there was some some talk about training camp coming up and some of the guys that are coming back from injury. And I know you've got um, you've got information on a couple of these, so Eklund being one, obviously. But then Ahoychuk, who was one of the defensemen that we got in the Timo Meyer trade, um, that's a, a big one, I think, uh, to have him coming back in. I think he's going to be a little more promising than people thought. Um, I, I know Mook Madulin was kind of like the big part of that trade. You know, he just made a face, so we'll see. Uh, before we get to that, uh, Luke Cunning yeah. is uh, supposed to be coming ACL back as well, ready for, for training camp. Yep. I think Greer said that he looked like uh, he was ready to go like now, now. Like it, it, He was already starting his workouts, I think. By the, the end, end of the season. season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it looks like he might be ready to come back and, and, and get he in the fold. He should be definitely in shape. For and, and then uh, Mackie Niemi, I think, was the other one. They're saying um, he looks like he's ready to rock again as well. And they're very high on him. So I don't know how high, though. In terms of me, again, he's a goaltender, right? We're talking about goalies that Sharks need some, some better prospects. And I think right now it's kind of the shotgun method for them on, on goaltending. Everybody. Yeah, Magnus Crona is another one that yeah. um, a big guy who also I really forgot he was coached by Dan uh, Quinn. He coached oh. him at college at the college level, right? Before he was hired as the Sharks coach, so he has experience with kind of everybody in, in the organization. Another, yeah. So I want to address yeah. this real quick. Uh, Kellen saying um, he wants to know whom from the Fin Factor team is jumping on the mechanical animal down in the arena. First of all, it's mechanical shark for sure, um, and, and second, definitely not me. Um, no, def definitely not me. Really? Absolutely not. Nope. Oh, Super Producer Jason's got his hand in the air. Yeah. He's doing it. Are you serious? You can do it. We'll record oh, you. Sweet. He's gonna do it. There's a lot of padding around there. It's fine. Yeah, you won't right. get hurt. There's some very young people on the uh, on the shark, so I think uh, I think Super Producer Jason would be okay. That'd be fun. Maybe they turn it up a little bit when it's an adult. I don't know. But, well, <laughs> I think they do. I think they do. We've seen some adults get thrown off of there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you did? I didn't see anybody. Oh my goodness. Anyway, uh, yeah, they're, they're they're having a ball back out here, guys. It's uh, again, if you couldn't make it out, it's it's, it's too bad. It's but pretty cool, and I hope they might do this again next year. I feel like they should, and I feel like they will. I think they will because I yeah. think the Sharks will have a high draft pick again next year. <laughs> uh, you never uh, have they announced where the draft is going to be next year? I don't. Usually, they announce it at the draft, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could see them hosting the draft here, potentially. potentially. You think so? I mean, you never know. It's been a long time since. Yeah. I've, I don't think I'm we've ever hosted. Did we not host in when they first came into the league? I don't think so. Really? I'm assuming they hosted. I mean, I wasn't even born yet, but I, <laughs> I'm assuming they hosted the draft one of those years because it's like all the other expansion teams normally host the draft when they first come in the league. Maybe someone could fact check this on here, but I'm pretty sure that they did. Not, they have not hosted. Plus but the Sharks now, aren't going to be good for a while, so it would right. be a good. It would be a good time for them to say, "Hey, let's let's host a draft in San Jose." Plus a high-end draft pick for themselves yeah. with the fans that will fill it. Yeah, that'd be great. Don't uh, let Paul get out of it. Hey, Adam, I was never in it, buddy. I was never in it. Lucky Frog, that's Adam. Yeah, uh, I know who you are. I would assume all three. No, no. You assume incorrectly. You know what happens when you assume? Alright, stop that. Thing. Just saying. That's what happens. Jason, Jason, everybody wants Jason. Everybody likes Super Producer Jason. He's going to get on it already. He's throwing his hands in the air. He's saying it's happening. Thanks to Charles for looking at that Ben Goodrow goal. Yeah, you know, I thought Ben Goodrow was going to be uh, a promising guy. Uh, but And maybe they did too, obviously, but it just didn't pan out. Yeah, he's the one that wanted to go back into the draft. Yeah. Right? So I was pretty high on Goodrow when they drafted him. Yeah. 
but the thing with Canadian goaltenders coming out of any of the CHL leagues, it's it's hit or miss. Like Canada does not have a very good track record of drafting goalies recently. Um, that's why, like, if I'm drafting goalies, I'm generally kind of want to do like Swedish goalies or European goalies in general. Like Russia has produced a lot of really quality goaltenders. Sweden. Um, even the United States, like Jake Ottinger, is really good. Uh, Trey Oxine, you know, potentially could be part of that conversation in the future. So, I personally don't love drafting CHL goalies in general. Which, but you know, it is what it is. You you miss you don't hit it with every with every pick. Man, are you like really killer at NHL? Uh, EA Sports. <laughs> no, I am terrible. <laughs> Drafting a GM mode. Yeah, you oh, got GM mode. GM, GM mode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I, I, that's yeah. what I like playing. That, that's yeah. We, play, we play used to play game. online. We used to, we had a league too, like with Fin Factor fans, and uh, I didn't. I haven't bought it in like three years, two years. Yeah. I'm I am average at best online. I'm not very good. Paul's maybe slightly better than I'm, me. I'm, I'm decent. It's yeah. usually the guys I'm playing with. So when I'm playing with you, I'm horrible. But yeah, when we, I'm playing with other guys, it's we have players that are much better than us, <laughs> and they carry our team. Uh, Peter St. John, yes, thank you so much, buddy. Uh, it says the jersey really suits you. <laughs> I make him look good. Oh yeah, that's what it is. Thank you. Um, so go, getting back to, uh, I think the, the guys that are going to be available and ready to go this season. Um, I like Luke Cunning coming back. I liked his energy. I like what he brought, and I think he was exactly the type of player that Greer likes Absolutely. and the type of player that other teams would like when they're looking for that playoff push, that depth guy. So if it doesn't work out with uh, Luke coming back and wanting to stay with the Sharks and we're a terrible team and we're you know, yeah. sending guys away to get draft picks back, I think he's going to be, again, one of those guys that's a trade target. And if he can stay healthy and get through this season and show that he's still got it, I think that's just another asset coming back for the Sharks for you know futures that it's going to work out well for them. He's a tenacious guy that yeah. stood in front of the net and got a lot of garbage goals. We had the whole garbage collector. That's right. We had the garbage collector slide. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Ohoychuk. So I'd like to get your feedback on Ohoychuk. Um, what? Now you made a face earlier. Yeah. Why'd you make the face? I mean, he's a guy. You know. He's a guy. He's okay. a guy. He's big. Mean. Hits hard, right? Yeah. He's yeah. He's physical. Like, there's no puck skills whatsoever okay. with it, with him in transition. Like, he's not a great skater. I don't think there's much upside there in transition. Like, defensively, like, I don't know. I don't know that I see an NHL player there, to be honest. Okay. Maybe he's, like, a number seven guy. Um, but not really part of that. I was not a fan of the Timo Meyer trade. I okay. really wanted – I was a proponent of the of trading him. But the return that they got, you know, we all saw how Zetterland uh, played with the Sharks. Yeah, yeah. He, analytically speaking, he was the worst player on the team, literally, <laughs> including yeah. Noah Gregor. Yeah, he was much worse than Noah Gregor. Um, well, then, and Andreas Janssen is well, Janssen, not even a throw Janssen was just a cap down. Yeah, but, I'm, I'm well, okay, really but he's not even with the Sharks anymore now, yeah. right? Um, Arkodiak, like I said, I don't really see an NHL level player there. Mukama Doolin, maybe. He's definitely the upside is there. Yeah. Um, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Brent Burns. He has a really, he's right-handed and he's got a really good shot. So really powerful shot. More, he scores more just by like brute force, one-timers, really hard shots than with finesse, yeah. which is kind of the Brent Burns style. Yeah. 
Um, but he's really wiry. He's not like a tank like Burns is. He's tall, yeah. but he doesn't have the same uh, physicality. He's very lanky, lanky yeah. kind of an awkward skater, effective, but kind of awkward defensively. You know, he's a work in progress. He's very raw. Like the upside is there, but there's a there's a good chance he doesn't play in the NHL like more than a hundred games in the NHL. There's also a good chance, or there's a chance that he also becomes like our number one offensive defenseman. Um, <laughs> That's such a big range. Now, <laughs> well, it's kind of either one or the other. Yeah. He's a boomer bust kind of guy. He's not a he's not a guy that I see who's gonna come in and you know have like a decent 600 800 game career and just kind of be okay. Yeah. He's probably gonna either come up and struggle and be bad and then go to Europe or he's gonna be really good um, personally I'm not that optimistic with him either there's definitely a chance but there's a good chance that neither of those guys work out so it's gonna be down to the picks for like looking back on that trade if they're gonna salvage that trade at all it's gonna be I think there's a good chance it'll be based off how those picks turn out so, you know, they traded for, for Mackenzie Blackwood, right? They only gave up a six to get him. I like that trade. I have no problem with that. Yeah. Um, does that speak to maybe a confidence level that's maybe lacking in Makiniemi, or at least right now? I think the – I'm guessing that the plan is to not have Makiniemi play in the NHL next year. He might get a game or two yeah. if there's injuries. In fact, he got a game last year, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think they want to keep him in the AHL for a little while. He's still pretty young for a goaltender. I believe he's 23. He might be 24, but either way, goalies usually start really cracking into the league at like 25, 26. So there's definitely hope there. Uh, he's a decent prospect. Again, I don't really do goalies that much, and he was injured for a lot of the year, so I didn't really see him that much. But in Carolina's system, he had good numbers. So you never know. Uh, he could be, I'm guessing he's probably not going to be more than a backup, but he could be a solid NHL backup level goaltender. Uh, what else do you want to talk about here? I will say really quick, um, Chicago just picked uh, Oliver Moore oh, with, the with the 19th pick. He was the guy I was watching for uh, the Sharks pick at 26. He was the guy that was very obviously dropping, in my opinion. I was hoping that he would continue to drop yeah. to 26, but man, Bedard and yeah, Moore in the same draft, yeah. that's... That is a clean piece of work for Chicago. I'm very sad to say that. <laughs> Which is interesting because you, know. you, you had more, I mean, you, you wanted more above Smith and Smith yes. went at four, so more could have gone even at yeah, four. Yeah, we could have picked him at four, yeah. yeah. I mean, part of that is you scout like the other teams. You want to get a good idea what the other teams think of players. So obviously nobody was really high on him. He went yeah. 19th. So it's probably a good thing the Sharks didn't take him out for because they had chances, like they could have moved up potentially, or yeah. maybe they would have got lucky and he would have fallen to 26. Um, but, you know, it's... Will Smith is definitely the safer pick between the two, but Oliver Moore is just, he's so electric on skates. Definitely at this point where he was drafted, one of the higher upside bets of the draft, but He's, he's going to play, too. Like, he's not a boomer bust kind of guy. Like, if he gets stuck in a bottom six role, like, I doubt that's going to happen, but he can work out in a bottom six role. So, not a super lot of risk with him. So, Chicago just got... I, and 
I think Chicago just got their first line center and their second line center of the future. Wow. So would have been nice, but so I had him at five on my board. Franchise pieces to replace Kane and Taves in one yep. draft. Yep, but potentially. I think there's a good chance. Yeah, great. I'm really high on Oliver Moore. I love when teams put them together that aren't the Sharks. So, uh, I don't know if you were, you have all the guys um, that have been drafted thus far, and you can see who's who's left. I know you, you had your, your yeah. own kind of um, board for yourself there. Yeah, I'm um, not sure. Okay. Okay, so Seattle took Edward Shala at 20. It's, okay, so is so we got, geez, only six picks left. So, is, of the guys that are left, is there a certain one that you're saying... That's the guy I would love to see the Sharks take. Well, the problem with that is I'm not entirely certain who is left. Okay. Because they haven't even been showing us every pick here in Arena. They keep they keep skipping to the in Arena stuff that's uh, here in San I see, Jose. I see, I see. So they're not showing us every pick. So I don't know who's still available. <laughs> um, but we'll we'll let you uh, get on uh, one of the the sides. So I, be I believe the highest ranked player I have that yeah. is still available would be Jaden Perron. Okay. He's a forward, played for the Chicago Steel in the USHL this year. Uh, he's small. I believe he's 5'8". He might be listed at 5'9", like 165 pounds, something like that. But he's doesn't really have traditional small player problems. He's a pretty good skater, but he's very, very smart. Has a lot of pro habits already, really good scanning habits. He knows where the other players are on the ice. He knows like when he needs to be a little bit more careful, when he can be a little bit more aggressive, knows when pressure's coming and he's gonna maybe take a hit and he can, you know, do something about that beforehand, because obviously when you're a small player like that, getting hit by NHL level players might be a problem. But I'm not super worried about it. There's a lot of actually there's a lot of really small players in this draft in general. Peron, I think, is the best one. I have him at eleven on my board. Wow. Um, I'm not the highest person I know on him. Uh, one of my colleagues, Aaron, I believe, uh, Hadi Kalakesh at Dauber Prospects, he's even higher on him than I am. He had him at like six or seven oh, on wow. his board. He's really skilled. He's really smart. Uh, he's a top. He's going to be a top six player in the NHL, I think. Um, and I'm not. I think the thing, reason why he's falling is the perceived risk because of his size. But like, I is think, that the only risk? Just that he's small? Um, I mean. His skating is like average, okay. which usually isn't great for a smaller player, but it's not It's not like he's a below average skater. Like he projects as an NHL average skater. That might scare some teams specifically because of the size, but other than that, I don't, I don't really know what people are super concerned about with him. I want to get your, your reaction to this. Um, I can't read this. Yeah, that person is smart. Ratui? Ratui? I don't, I don't know who that, the name yeah. is. Sorry. Uh, but Gavin Brindley. Ratatouille. Yeah. Ratatouille? Ratatouille. Sure. <laughs> Whatever. I'm sorry. I can't read your YouTube name. Uh, but Gavin Brindley. So do you agree with this, first of all? Uh, and yes. then would you be happy with the Sharks taking this player? Yeah, this person is uh, very smart. Oh. Obviously, Gavin Brick. See, hold Gavin, on a second. See, he picked up his phone. I'm sure he's logged in as Ratatouille over here, and he's just typing yeah, it in. I just, got, I just got Google. I just got Google. Okay, <laughs> let's see. I have him at. I'm at 12. He's right behind Perron. There you go. Wow. Another short king. He's like five nine, um, but he's a really hard worker. He was a bit of a late riser. Uh, because he plays for Michigan and at the beginning of the year he was centering his own line so he was playing center and 
uh, throughout the course of the season, Michigan started dealing with injuries. So they put him on the wing on the line on the line with Fantilli. Oh. And he kind of took off a little bit production-wise. So I think he got a lot more eyes on him at that point. Some people are going to credit Fantilli. They're going to say, oh, well, he's, he's playing with Fantilli. So yeah. obviously he's going to play better. Honestly, I think Brindley was a huge part of why that line works. He's a really strong on the forecheck, really smart, hard worker, tenacious, and really good vision, really good passer. Um, so, yeah, if the Sharks get him at 26, that would, that would be fantastic as well. I think he could probably play center in the NHL as well, uh, despite the size and the fact that he's been playing on the wing for the second half of the year. Yeah. Um, but either way, I think Brindley or, or Perron, like those guys are both slam dunks for me. Yeah. But the real question is how far are they going to fall? Because they might be available. Both of those guys might be available with their first pick tomorrow. They, so they might be able to pass on yeah. those guys at 26 and still get them. Charlie Strammel just got picked. Charlie what? Charlie Strammel uh, who was? By, uh, That's Minnesota. a bad pick. Yeah. Oh, Minnesota, I don't okay. like Charlie Strammel. No. He's very safe. It's a very, very safe pick, but like fourth liner, probably. Fourth liner? Yeah. yeah. I mean, penalty killer. Good fourth liners are. There, it's that's an underrated asset. Yeah, sure. Like having a really good fourth line is important. Um, but you know, you can get a fourth line. You can, in the you can round. sign one. You don't need to. Yeah, draft you one. can sign yeah. one. You can get those guys out of trade. One. You yeah. don't even have to sign NHL free agents. You can get CHL free agents. Like yeah. the Sharks, they brought in. Um, I forgot his name, but they brought in a CHL agent, uh, free agent last year. Or it might have been at some point this year. Um, who, I believe he was on the same team as Brandon Coe. Um, I forget his name, but that's a guy who's probably going to play in like a fourth-line role. But you don't have to spend a first-round draft pick on that kind of player, you know? I mean, maybe, I guess they're higher on him than I am. They probably think there's a little bit of offensive upside this year. Um, I don't see it. Well, and I think what you said about Brindley is you say he's the hard worker, right? Yeah. So I think that's when you take a look at the guys that Greer likes. You know, he's the hardworking type. So I wouldn't be shocked if that's the type of player that he is that they may go after him at 26. Yeah, I would I would not be surprised at all if Gavin Brindley was the pick. Okay, cool. It'll be a win. We're five picks away now. We're five picks because that was 21. That was 21. We are approaching. So I'm getting close. So um, let's see. Is there anybody other than the two not, uh, defensemen? Would you go with the defenseman or any at this point, or are we just looking at forwards only? So among defensemen, my top three defensemen have, have all been drafted already. That was Dmitry Simashev, okay. Axel Sandin Pelka, who Detroit took, and David Reinbacher. After that, my next highest defenseman is Mikhail Guliaev. Uh, small guy, really good skater, uh, offensive-minded defenseman. There's a lot of upside there. I think his offensive game does still need a little bit more refinement. He kind of plays around the perimeter a little bit too much. I have him ranked at 21, though, so he wouldn't be a bad pick. I think there's better players available, like Gavin Brindley. Right. But if they really want a defenseman, Goliath would be a decent pick there. I mean, they need offensively-minded guys in their pool, the defensemen in general they yep. need in their pool. Uh, Tom Willander was already drafted. I had him at 25. Luca Cagnoni is a guy who's still available. He's probably not going to be drafted today. Um, another sh uh, small guy. He's 5'10", but really creative. 
uh, really smooth edge work. You can deke guys, break angles. Um, a lot of offensive upside there as well. Good shot for a defenseman. Uh, scored around a point per game in the WHL this year, which is, I would say at this point, the WHL is probably the most defensively oriented league in Canada. You got the WHL, the Ontario League, and the Quebec League. I would say the WHL is like the hardest league to score in. Not by a ton, but it's definitely the hardest league to score in my opinion. He scored around a point per game as a defenseman. That's pretty good. Um, after that, there aren't really any other defensemen I would consider at 26. It's a much larger batch of forwards that would be more worthwhile taking than Yeah, there's a lot of forwards. Left. Just because the guys that have gone undrafted so far, like Braun, Brindley, Andrew Crystal is another guy. Um, bigger concerns with Crystal. I have him at 13. Uh, he's not a good skater. He's also on the smaller side. He's around 5'10", 170, I believe. Um, and he's not a good skater, which does worry me a little bit. I At, at one point in, in the year, I had him at like 6. So to be at 13, he's fallen a decent bit for me. Uh, some of the some of the routes he takes in the offensive zone kind of worry me because he's not big and he's not a good skater. Like he can't just deke around guys right. super easily, and some of the routes he takes in the offensive zone, especially, kind of put him in danger, or at least will put him in danger if he's playing against meaner, bigger right. opponents. Um, but at 26, like that's another guy I'd be willing to bet on. Another like those three guys, I would say. Um, Peron, Brindley, Crystal. Those are probably the three highest upside players left. I'm not sure if Quinton Musty has been drafted or not. If I had to guess, I would say he's one of the picks uh, that that I missed. I'm assuming he's off the board. Um, and going back to what Greer said yesterday, he said he's going to take the best player available yeah. regardless of position. Yeah, so, in my opinion, the best player available is Jaden Peron. Yeah, I think... They'll probably go with the forward. I don't think they'd be going with. I'm guessing. Best. I'm guessing it'll be Brindley if he's still available. Yeah, that would be my guess. So there's what we say five picks left. So the Sharks, yeah. So then four three. four picks that okay. So in the next four picks, there's two guys that you'd be really happy didn't get picked. Yeah. In those four, so Perron and Brindley. One of those guys is going to be available at least. There's no way both of them are getting picked yeah. right now. There's no way both will be available. You're saying no, they're not. Picked, right? okay. At least one of them will be available. Will be. Probably okay. both of them. All right, so we're going to have to keep our eye on, on those players as well and see uh, when the Sharks get to number 26 here. Again, we're here at the SAP Center just doing the, uh, the whole draft party thing that's going on behind us here. So if you guys have been with us the entire time, thank you so much for being here with us. Uh, we know it's a very long stream. I can't imagine someone trying to listen to the podcast in three hours long. But you know what? Hey, we'll cut it. We've, oh, we're going to cut it down apparently, says Super Producer Jason. Uh, but yeah, uh, really enjoying the time here so far. But... Um, See, I don't know what we're really going <laughs> to fill it in with right now. We can take some questions. Yeah, well, actually, that's a good idea. Musty is Musty available. Musty is still available. That's interesting. Yeah, so that's three guys then, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm a lot lower on him than those other guys. I have him at, well, I mean, I have him at, I have him at 16. Yeah. But um, definitely a bit more of a, a, definitely safer than Perron or Brindley. Bigger guy, uh, really good finisher, really good shot. Um, that's actually really surprising that he's still available to be honest he seems like the quintessential guy he's got size skill skates decently like he seems like the quintessential guy that a GM would be taking at this point um, but what do I know 
All right. Well, I mean, it's good to know at least that there are some some uh, some prospects that can good go this because usually in a draft, once you get into the later part of the round. It's like you're taking a guy that, like you said, you know, he's probably going to be a fourth liner, right? Kind but in this draft, yeah. it's a lot deeper. So hopefully the Sharks still have a good opportunity to uh, pick someone up uh, that's going to work out for them. Uh, looking spiffy. Yes, I am. <laughs> quite spiffy, actually. Is this, uh, you think this draft will compare to the 2017 draft in terms of depth? Or um, not depth, but I'd have, I'd have to look at the 2017 draft off the top of my head, to be honest. <clears throat> it's a good draft, though. That was, that I'm was really high on this draft. Yeah. I think there's like 45, 50 players that are legitimate first-round talents in this draft. Wow. That's uh, Kellen's asking, any thoughts on where Reimer and Kakanen will go of trade? So Reimer's um, already not going to be re-signed with the Sharks. There's no trade that's happening there. He's where will he go? I, I don't know, to be honest. Uh, Kakanen, again, there was some talk about uh, Pittsburgh. Wanting Kakanen, um, going to be trading away. It was Jeff Petrie. Again, 35-year-old defenseman, kind of on the decline, getting paid a lot of money. Um, there would have to be something obviously coming back uh, from Pittsburgh to San Jose uh, to be able to take Petrie's contract on for the last year of it and then uh, send Kakanen the other way. Personally, I'd be okay with that. Uh, depending on what the return is, obviously, but I'm not like married to the idea that Kakinen is necessarily our our go for, uh, going forward uh, de facto goaltender. I don't know he's shown some promise. I, I still think it's early to give up completely. Can I say something that's going to yeah. be like a really hot take with Sharks fans? Sure. Okay. Maybe look into replacing the goalie coach. Oh. That one stinks. It stinks. Sharks Nation is... is uh, Look at our goaltending since Nabokov has come in. Like, yeah. I know he hasn't been here that long, but our goaltending has been, like, bad. It doesn't... It, regardless of who it's been, like, Kakinen, bad. Reimer was good last year, kind of, but... Martin Jones bad. got bad. Martin Jones got yeah. bad. Aiden Hill, when he was with us, like, not great. I know he got injured, but small sample size, but... Yeah. I have and look at the guys in the AHL too. Like the AHL guys are not haven't been putting up good numbers the last couple of years. I'm not impressed. Um, part of that is drafting, but it's also development, especially with the guy, especially with goalies. Development is really important. Yeah. And like the the most highly touted goaltender prospect that they've drafted in the last ten years was Ben Gaudreau, and he's, and he's, back, he's yeah. going back into the draft. Yeah. I think that tells you a lot about what our goalie development is going like right now. And that's a fair point to make. I think uh, most of uh, Sharks fans don't like that idea just because it's there's name recognition there. But if there yeah. wasn't that name recognition, if it was anybody else, I mean, hell, even Moose, right? There's nothing wrong with bumping him up into the front office and taking yes. him away from coaching responsibilities yeah. and then bringing in a coach. It's then not, he's still in the organization, which everyone loves. Would, would want, yeah. Right. Everybody would still want him there. What do you absolutely. think about? Uh, this is off topic, but I don't know if you have an answer for this. But McCarthy is a coach for the Barracuda. Another. Guy I don't know. I mean, of, he was a player for a really long time, obviously, yeah. but he doesn't really have any other experience. I don't hate it, like from an organizational standpoint, but. I feel like where the Sharks are right now, development is crucial if this team is going to be successful in the next five to ten years. And I don't really know that I want a first-time coach coaching all these guys, you know? I mean, I love John McCarthy. He's like a really heart and soul kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, stuck with the Sharks organization for a really long time. 
Might have gotten more opportunities in the NHL if he played somewhere else. You never know, but he chose to stay here, and that's really admirable. And I just don't know. I just don't know, like, how good of a coach is he? Like, the Barracuda were really bad this year again, even though there was a lot of... They spent a lot of resources trying to make that team better, and they weren't. So, something's got to give. And, as we said earlier, Agazino was like, get me off this team. (laughs) Yeah. That's also kind of concerning. He just said personal reasons, you know, maybe he's got family in the L.A. area. I don't know. Yeah. That could be it, because he's be originally in the Anaheim yeah. organization. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit. So we were talking about potential trade between Pittsburgh for Kakanen because the, the goaltending question got brought up. Right. The big trade that a lot of people are uh, – Perot is off the board, they're saying. Kellen just said Perot's off the board. I think that's uh, – the Rangers just picked Perot. So there you go. There's one down. Um, you want to say something about that? Yeah, <laughs> Gabe Perot. Go ahead. Yeah, Gabe Perot is really good. Um, I had him at – 14. So it's that 11, 12, 13, 14 range of guys. Okay. Um, quite famously, he broke Austin Matthews' record for points in a season with the U.S. National Team Development Program this year. Of course, I'm pretty sure everybody on that line broke ah. his record, but he had the most points on the team. He had like 132 points or something. Really high upside, really smart, great finishers, got a great shot, really good off-puck positioning. Sets himself up to score uh, really nicely. Also, you know, does work on the forecheck a little bit. Not a good skater. Uh, that's his main flaw. He's not big. He's like 5'10", 5'11". And his skating is an issue, which is why he's gone as late as he has. Also, his defensive play. Most of the season was really not good. He looks kind of disinterested at times. I think at the U18s, he kind of upped his stock a little bit, uh, made a couple of really good defensive plays, was working pretty hard in the defensive zone. So I think he was really trying to show the teams like his last chance to really get seen before the draft, and he put a lot of work in. And I think, you know, he's going to be a really good player in the NHL, or he's not going to play at all. The skating, the skate, he's a boomer bust kind of guy. He's not a guy who's going to work out in the bottom six, but he's also a guy who could maybe score 90 points in a season. So, wow. I like him quite a lot. Especially so, at that pick, for that late of yeah, the pick. Yeah, at 22, 23, wherever yeah. that was, um, that was, that's a good pick. I think that was that was 21, the, I want to say it was 21. Uh, it was 23. That was 23. That was 20, 23, yeah. Right oh. Nashville's on the clock. Cool, okay. Um, so, the, the, the best pick the Sharks can make right now, in your opinion, would be Brindley, if he's um, still available. Technically, it's Perron, but okay. one. pick one. Yeah, okay. six and one half days the year. Yeah. Fair enough. All right, so... Uh, I have a feeling the team is going to like Brindley more than... Uh, the hard worker yeah. aspect, right? Yeah. I mean, Perron is, is a hard worker, too. Sure. I just feel like Brindley played at a, a higher stage, played at the NCAA level, was successful against older competition. Um, I just think they're probably going to prefer him. So, um, the like we were talking about with earlier with the trade, talking about the goaltending, the trade that everyone's kind of got their eye on is the one that hasn't happened, and it's Eric Carlson. Um, again, there's been some reports. We saw it, um, it was Shang Peng saying Canes, Leafs, 
McCracken. Um, he just came off a Norris Trophy winning season, 101 points. His stock's pretty high. He made played 82 games, which he hasn't done in a long time. Um, obviously, he's a little bit older, but hey, every year someone gets older. So, <laughs> in Greer's... Um, I don't know. I, he was addressing the media and everything else. Greer was saying, "Press conference, yeah, yeah. press conference." Like, he was saying, "You know, that's going to happen soon, but we're not going to retain fifty percent, right?" Right. Um, by soon, obviously, he didn't mean today. It seems because you yeah. would think that that happened by now. Yeah, I didn't, don't you think? I didn't think it was going to happen today unless it was involving something okay. big with somebody. But I was kind of expecting him to be drafted by now or traded, traded by now. By yeah. now, yeah. I was expecting him to get traded today. At this point, it doesn't really make sense. I mean, the highest pick you could get this year would be like twenty-four. Yeah. Well, Nashville's pick is in, so it'd be twenty-five. Right. Um. So. I think it'll happen after the draft and possibly after July 1st, which is when you can sign free agents. I think people want to see where – teams want to see where the chips kind of fall and where the players end up and what holes they need to fill for their team and, and what they can do and move around. Yeah. See, I kind of think it'll be the other way around. Yeah. Whatever team wants – Whatever teams are interested in Carlson, I think they want to get it done as fast as possible so that there's still going to be some of those UFAs on the market that they could potentially get afterwards when they know like how much cap space they have. Yeah, that's what I would think too. When you have a guy that is going to cost you over $10 million in, in, in cap space, you kind of if you're going to add him, you got to add him before you can do anything else. Because you can always add the onesie twosie guys, a you know, couple million dollars. You can add them in. But if you stock up on all these other guys, then you have to have a $10 million in cap space to sign him. And then he may not even want to sign. You got to figure that out first, I think. And then you add the rest of them in. So again, for me, I would think that that's happening sooner than later. I mean, I mean he said soon, but. Yeah. Uh, to me, it sounded like Carlson's gone. Like he's yeah, gone. he's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He will not be playing he's on Sharks next season. Like it's a not that it's a done deal. Obviously, it's not done. But yeah, like he. he I, I think going back to when he got traded from Ottawa, yeah, it was bad timing because he was traded almost what the week of training camp or something. Like it, it was it was so late. really close to the beginning. Yeah, yeah, that he didn't he didn't get off to a good start. He had to. Uproot his whole family from yeah. Ottawa to San Jose, which is a very far, long distance across the whole countries. Um, I think he doesn't want to do that again. Like he obviously wants to do, but he wants to do it sooner so he can get settled and, and ready rather than probably living out of a suitcase for a while in training camp, which is awful. You're not, yeah, you're not comfortable. You're not. Look what happened when he was finally in a good space, headspace, mentally to yeah. to start training camp. He went back to Sweden for the first time since pre-COVID to go to his trainer and visit family and, and have like do things on his own terms kind of thing. Um, and he had one of the best seasons he's ever had. Actually, he's had the best season he's ever had. Yeah. <laughs> At, At least 32. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I understand why he would want to get that done sooner than later. Um, yeah, I just want to, I, I just want to bring that up because I thought it was interesting that it hasn't happened. But you're talking about, you know, he's definitely not going to play until I think if, I mean, look, he's got a no trade clause or no movement clause, but he's also signed. It's not like they absolutely have to move him. And if they're, if other teams are saying, no, you have to retain 50%, Greer's not going to necessarily cave and say that ain't, you know, I'll finally I'll do it. I don't think that'll do it. I think $3 million, 2 to $3 million held, I think would be enough because then he's an $8, 9000000 million defenseman. Which is much more palpable. You're gonna have to read. Is it Molendike? Molendike. 
Terrible pick. Goes to Nashville. I do not like Mullendike at all. Um, Sorry, Nashville. Bad pick, buddy. I'm way lower on Mullendike than basically anybody else. I mean, my colleagues at Dauber are collectively low on him, but even compared to them, I'm low on him. I had him at 67. So he's not even in my second round. He's in my third round. Um, He is the best skating defenseman in the draft. Pretty good in transition because of that. But defensively, his rush defense is hit or miss. Sometimes he's really good. Sometimes he's really bad. So you can work. I think you can coach him into being a good rush defender. In zone defense... He's too reactive to me. He's not anticipating to play fast enough. He's reacting a lot. He does react quickly because he has really quick feet. So a lot of times he can make up for it, but at other times too, he's like letting the play happen and he's not defending it, which isn't great. You know, inconsistent at best in his defensive zone. Offensively, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't see much there. As a lo- I know, a lot of teams are high on him in terms of his offense. Like he has a decent shot, I guess. His playmaking is very simple. A lot, mostly perimeter-based, volume-based, rather than by creating like actual dangerous scoring chances. He has some interesting skills. He has really good um, hand-eye coordination, which isn't the most important thing in hockey, but it does come into effect at times. He had a really good goal this year on the rush where he batted the puck out of the out of the air right in front of the goalie. In fact, I believe that was in the playoffs. Um, that clip was on Twitter. That's like his best moment of the year. Um, I actually watched him a lot against Connor Bedard this year because they're both on WHL teams. He, uh, he played for Saskatoon. And, uh, you know, sometimes he did a really good job defending Bedard. Other times he didn't. So he's he's just really inconsistent, and there's like there's no skills there that make me think, oh yeah, this is a first round guy. Um, he's probably gonna play in the NHL. I mean, he is gonna play in the NHL just because the skating alone is that good. Um, it's good enough to get him there, but he's the kind of player that there's a good chance he plays games and he's just bad. Like he'll play games, but he'll be a sub replacement level player that just gets ice time. Because those players exist. <laughs> Do you think this is a kind of an organizational Nashville picking him here, kind of reaching because they're doing it based on their depth chart of they need to fill in prospects of defensive, and this was the next highest one for them on their board. I guess it was <laughs> uh, obviously because they picked him, right. but Nash. I will say this: Nashville is a team that is known for developing defensemen. So maybe they can develop him into a really good shutdown guy. But I'm also pretty sure that they have a lot of defensemen because they kind of draft defensemen like yeah. every year. So I don't know exactly what their prospect pipeline looks like. I suspect they didn't need to draft based off position here. They could have just taken best player available, especially at this point in the first round. So I guess he's the guy that they liked the most. That would be my best guess. Just the fantasy football GM that drafts all the quarterbacks and trades them away. Um, or running backs and then tries to trade them away later. I don't think so because what value does Mullen Dyke have as a trade asset right now? Oh, I just meant, in dip, not him, but specifically, but just 
They, stock they always up on tend, D and then to, yeah, they, out. they yeah. tend to stock up on defensemen. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Um, I mean, yeah, they've traded a few defensemen yeah. in the last couple of years. I mean, Ekholm. Um, maybe. I don't. I don't know. I don't strength, know what they're thinking. Play to their strength of we develop defensemen. We'll just only take defensemen. I mean, even amongst defensemen, though, there's better defensemen available. I probably have like seven or eight that are ranked higher than Mondike. Like I said, Luka Kagnoni, uh, Mikhail Guliaev are two guys that have way higher ceilings than Mullendike. So you said you said Perron is still there. Perron, I believe, is still there, yeah. Brindley's still there. Augustine, yes. the goaltender. Augustine still is there. still there, yeah. Um, I believe the Shrugs There's one more pick. Uh, the, okay, this my bad. 25th pick is, is happening right now. Yeah, right now. Yeah. So one of those potentially going to get taken, right? Yeah. So you still have of those three that, well, Again, I only bring this and I'm bringing up the goaltenders because uh, Greer had said we're, we're probably likely going to draft a goalie. He didn't say in the first round, yeah, yeah. but if he's saying I want a goaltender and the best one in the draft is available as a late round pick, do they go for him? I don't know. Uh, but either way, if they're taking any of the guys that you like, because one of them is going to be gone, at, at, at worst, only one of them can be gone. So by the time it gets to the Sharks pick, they could potentially mess up here, but it sounds like they might have a couple good players uh, still that, in, in your estimation, yeah. that would be either somebody who's supposed to be picked 11th or 12th on your list, and then the, the top goalie in the draft. Yeah, there's, Still sitting pretty, in other words. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of upside left on the board. I mean, they, there's players left where they can basically do whatever they want. If they think if they just want to go best player available, they'll take whatever whoever they have yeah. on their board as the highest ranked player. For me, that would be Perron. But maybe for them it's Quinton Musty or Colby Barlow, I think, is still available. I don't know. But um, Kellen says another Swedish guy off the board. Otto. Huh? Otto Stenberg? Yeah. Stenberg's Otto Stenberg Oh, okay, okay. Stenberg's so, an interesting interesting guy. Um Reminds me a little bit of Jurai Slavkovsky in that, not in like the way he plays or okay. anything, but in his regular league games, not really that impressive. But in international tournaments, like every time, Klinka Gretzky Cup at the beginning of the year, he was really good. He was a standout. U18s, he was a standout. So he's a guy that seems to elevate his game in big moments. Um, not a super tremendous high amount of upside, I think there, but you know you could get a he could be a second line center. I don't hate that pick. I don't hate that pick for St. Louis. So more importantly, he's not one of the guys I've been right. talking about. This <laughs> <laughs> now, how disappointed are you going to be if the Sharks don't pick one of those guys? Um, <laughs> uh, we'll we'll see who they pick. We'll just see who they pick. Okay, so yeah, we'll, we'll see how disappointed. But then here's the other question: Is what's what is the probability that they trade the pick? Right? I mean, would you be upset if they took that pick and traded down and you go, man, you've got these other players that I've got ranked at like 11, 12. Why wouldn't you have taken that? If they really want Augustine or whoever they think is the best goalie in the draft, they're probably going to trade down. Trade down. Okay. Because you can probably, not a lot, but you can probably get that guy at like 30, 31, 32. I yeah, maybe one of those teams want to trade up to get someone that they really like, and they don't think yeah. it's going to fall to them in the yeah. next five picks. Yeah, if they're looking at, like you said, like Perron or, or, or Brindley, if they're looking at one of those two players and they're going, they're, we're, we're three, four picks back, there's no way that they don't get taken in the next couple picks. Yeah. we got to move, you know? Yeah, Perron, uh, by the way, is the younger brother of David Perron. Ah, um, I was wondering about not, that. Not, you know, 
it's not super relevant, but I do think it's a little bit relevant when players have NHL yeah. bloodlines. That's a much younger brother because David Perron's older. He's yeah. yeah. He's not that old. David Perron. He's like what, twenty eight? No, oh, I think he's older than that. I thought he was in his thirties. Yeah. Maybe he is. Wow. I thought he was like mid. Maybe he's like his cousin or something. I know for sure they're related. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's his brother. He might be like a nephew or something. All right, so the younger brother. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. I think, um, I mean, it works obviously the, the Tuchuk brothers. That's a more extreme example. But, like, I mean, they had a, a hockey dad too, right? So I think, but I think you're right, you know. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, a lot. But there's a lot to be said for that because, you know, there's times, like, with, with hey, we had Scott Hammond on here, right? His kids are at the rink all the time. He coaches his kids, and it's not like he's like, like, I coach my kids. My kids aren't going to make the NHL, right? Like, his kids <laughs> might have a go you? at it. I don't know that. Just saying. I, dude, I'm five foot seven. And my wife is five foot four, so there's hey, no way. <laughs> Cole Caulfield. Cole Caulfield Fair is enough. five foot six. Theo okay. Fleury's Fair five enough. six. Nathan I, Gerby. He was five four. He uh -huh. played in the NHL. You just named three or four players. Uh, how many players have played in the NHL? <laughs> Listen, if you don't believe, it's not going to happen. Uh, well, I don't believe, but it, it's probably not happening. My point being is that you've get, you're getting uh, not even just NHL player caliber coaching from, like, you know, a, a, a dad who's played, uh, but you're getting that experience, too. They bring him to the rink. They bring him into the locker yeah. room, right? They see what it takes. Absolutely. They see that. So, um, and, of course, I'm not making my kid do, you know, chin-ups. And you know, the leg presses and stuff. I'm sure that they are. You could be the towel boy. In there, I, in could the be, I could be. And then, I could be. I finally them. see. Oh, me. <laughs> I want to see the Sharks locker room already. Okay. So I hope I'm the towel boy. I hope that streak keeps going. You never get to go in the locker room. That's hateful. But I do with the camera and show you pictures. Hateful. Ride the bull. Yeah, he has to ride the bull. I'm not riding the bull. Um, but anyway, so the Sharks are on the clock right now. The pick is uh, in. Are they picking right now? They're coming right now. They're about to. Okay. Yeah. Seems like they're walking up there again. We can't, like, focus on that because reasons. But, um, yeah, you, is there something you want, you're holding that mic up like you want to you say something. I'm just going to make a prediction really quick. I'm yeah, going to yeah, yeah. guess that they take Mikhail Goliath. Ooh. Okay. Is there a reason, though? Is that because you, you're He's high the on the other two? Just because the defenseman. Yeah, I mean, they have not been shy of drafting Russian players okay. in the past. So, he's a defenseman. I mean, maybe maybe they think they can get him tomorrow with their second-round pick. I don't know. But he seems like the type of guy. He fits a position. He fits an organizational need. All right. Uh, real quick, uh, in the comments, before they say it, uh, what do you think of the guys that we were talking about? Oh. Too late. There you go. Musty. I almost said they're going to pick Musty. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, look, look. Okay, at the end of the day, right? This is the 26th pick in the draft. Yeah. I have him at 16 on my board. Okay. Okay. It's good not value. A, it's a good value. Yeah. Is Does he have the upside of some of the other guys, like Perron or Brindley? Maybe not. But he's a safe, a safe pick. He's a safe pick. Yeah. Mike Greer special, maybe. <laughs> um, he's definitely going to play. He'll be pretty good. He's probably going to play in a top six role to some extent, at least for parts of his career. Um, he's big, skates pretty well. He's got decent puck skills. Um, That's a Mike Greer special right there. Big, can move. Yeah. Puck skills. 
and I will hang. say this. I am. He did say that they are not necessarily too concerned about size at this point. Uh, after drive, after drafting a bunch of big guys last year. Yeah. That is yet to be seen. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Will Smith isn't the isn't the biggest guy, but he's so good that you're not really worried about size. He's six foot. Like Will Smith or shorter. I don't remember who else was on the show that you said was six foot. I'm pretty sure he's five eleven, but that means he's five ten in real. Kind of, yeah, kind of splitting hairs a little bit, but yeah, he's. He's not tremendously big, but uh, he has decent size. But with a player of that skill level, too, like Matt Bamichkov is smaller, but you're not really concerned about size with him. That's sure. not the concern yet. So, so an okay pick. Three-hour uh, mark? We broke the three-hour mark. We just hit the three-hour mark? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Congratulations. You've been a part of history. Finn Factor, we're able to sit here and talk for three Roll hours. Roll call. Tell us where you are and how long you've been on. <laughs> I got to say, I'm a little surprised how quickly it's gone. Yeah, this it has gone pretty now. quick. Yeah, We it filled in the time job. well, I feel like. It was Broke definitely it up nice. A bit, had some people on. Smith is 5'11". Yeah, there you go. Well, that, he's listed at 5'11". So he's my height. He's 5'9". Look, the draft combine has already happened. So whatever yeah. their listed height is, that should be their actual height. Yeah. I mean, I just want to know how many chin-ups did he do, you know? I mean, Bedard did a whole bunch. Did he really? 14 or something like that. I forget. Wow. Yeah, he did a fair amount. 12, 14, so I forget how many. I mean, was. I could do that many when I was in eighth grade, so <laughs> <laughs> obviously I should be in any but I think I got about 14 when I was I think I, I, I weighed a lot less. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. When more. I was in eighth grade, I weighed like 70 pounds, so, you know, not <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that impressive. So, if you're if you're one of these guys now, now, you, you've got your list. Yeah. Um, and Central Scouting has theirs, right? And I don't know how different it is yours from theirs. Honestly, it, I haven't looked at Central Scouting. So there I, you go. So, but those guys that are maybe, let's say you're Central Scouting, those guys that are in that middle area there, that 11, 12, 13, that haven't gotten picked yet. Yeah. I mean, it, that, what's going through their heads right now? They've, they've got to be like beyond frustrated with the way that this is going and thinking that, hey, you know what? I'm supposed to be going much earlier. Why are, why are these other guys going ahead of me? Well, for one, I will say that these three players in particular, I am significantly higher on than a lot of people. Brindley, the fact that he hasn't been drafted yet is legitimately surprising. I am surprised that, uh, I'm surprised that Brindley is still available. These other guys though, like Perron and Crystal, Perron especially probably wasn't expecting to get drafted today. Probably is expecting to get drafted relatively early tomorrow. So I imagine he's not too disappointed. You think he was even there? Was he there? I didn't get to see. Oh, he was definitely there. Yeah. There's like he had a chance of being drafted. Oh, okay. I mean, he still does. You know, yeah. it's not over. But um, Crystal is a guy that I think was probably expecting to get drafted today, and he still might. But you know, that's one guy of those three guys. He's probably the one that was expected to be drafted today the most. Oh wow! So I mean. Still, a lot of people had him in like the mid twenties, so this is about the range he could go. Yeah. Um, but you never know. I mean, for some team, they're feeling like, "Hey, this is great. He he fell to us." In the same way that the Sharks were looking yeah. at Eklund, he fell to us, right? right? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I mean, this could be for one of the teams that's coming up here, uh, quite a nice pickup. Could also be tomorrow when the Sharks have their early second round pick. Uh, that's a good point. It's a very uh, good point. I'd be kind of surprised if they. I think that last pick. Like, every pick that Mike Greer makes tells us mo- a little bit more about how he's going to draft players. Yeah. I think that last pick tells me those three guys I've been talking about this whole time, 
Probably not, if they're available, probably not going to be Sharks picks with the first pick in the second round. And I'm not sure if we have a third round or not. I, we have Carolinas. We, we had it. I don't know if we still do. We might have traded it. Um, but either way, there's going to be a big gap between the second round pick and their next pick. So, like, anybody yeah. who is who is still available at the yeah. second pick is not going to be available uh, with, the next, the with their next pick. pick. Unless they trade up. Uh, do you think there's a good possibility of that? Do you think there's a possibility the of trading them up? moving since there is that big gap and the talent is more front-loaded in this draft? Do you think there's a good possibility that they take that, that later uh, pick and try to move up a little bit? I could see them trading up in the second round. Okay. Just because there's going to be so much talent still available in the second round, it really is a good, deep class, in my opinion. Um, if they see it the same way, I could see them trading up into, like, the mid-50s Yeah. Uh, to get if there's somebody that they really like that's still available. Um, otherwise, after you get, you know, 60, 70 range, probably not, but you never know. Did he say Colorado? Call him Richie. Call him Richie? Mm -hmm. Another guy not? Is he on your list? Yeah, he's on my list. Okay. Um, but where is he? Where did you have him slated to go? I had him at, oh, well, this is not a mock draft. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, I had him at 20. Um, he's definitely one of the safer, he's a safer pick. He's okay. big, he's a center. Um, kind of a pain in the ass to play against. <laughs> um... He'll, he can dish out the hits. Yeah. You know, not tremendously skilled, but he's a first-round talent in a year that has a lot of them. So that that's a fine pick. Not super. Not a guy I'm super excited about. Yeah. Like even if the Sharks drafted him, I wouldn't really be that excited about him. I'd rather have Musty over Richie for sure. Um, so it's it's obviously uh, Mike Greer is at the helm here. It's not uh, it's not Doug Wilson anymore. But is Joe Will still part of things here so the scouting the staff Joe, is the part. Joe Will special do, yes. do you think we see the trading the fifth to get a couple of sevens like um I kind of doubt it this year yeah. actually really? I think they're going to use the rest of the picks they have okay um just because this class is really good I know they have three seventh rounders um yeah, they have maybe they go the other way yeah. maybe they do the reverse yeah special. so I could actually actually maybe they package two of those sevens and move up into like the sixth or something yeah um not like a major deal but especially because they've traded their six now maybe there's somebody that's in the sixth round that they're really dying for yeah, yeah. um but at that point it won't really be too big of a deal the draft is just about over I don't think anything's gonna happen regarding uh, last minute trades I think the Sharks are basically done. I don't know if you can see in the background there, but uh, when they did make that last selection, pretty much the place cleared out. It was like uh, like the Sharks were down by a goal, and then, then they were down by two, and the place just, you know, roaches. So uh, I think we're kind of done here, uh, which is totally fine. I had a great time. It was so much fun uh, being able to talk with uh, Dan Boyle, Scott Hanning, got Doug Vance out here, and then, of course, uh, Graham, our prospects expert. We love having him on the show. Uh, hopefully, you guys enjoyed all the information he was able to provide. So, Graham, why don't you go ahead and uh, uh, plug yourself here, let people know where they can uh, see you, read about you, uh, wh whatever it is. Go ahead. So, the main thing would be my YouTube channel. It's just Graham Slam. Um, once this is posted as a video, I'll try to leave a comment. You can just click on my name, and I'll take you right to my channel. Uh, that's where I post all my videos. Uh, they're all draft-related. My last most recent video is my uh, top 100 rankings for this draft, plus a few honorable mentions. So you can go ahead and check that out for some guys the Sharks might draft uh, tomorrow. 
you can also see me at Dauber Prospects. It's just DauberProspects.com. We do all kinds of draft coverage there. Uh, again, we, there, we have our collective top 100 board there where several players that I wrote about for that article. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter at GramSlamYT. And uh, that's about it for my social media. So. Very good. Hey, um, I mean, I had a great time. You want to just go ahead and fire away? Did you have, you have fun today? I had a great time. Yeah. It's, it's nice to be back in the arena. I think this event was really cool. And uh, being on the floor, I think it was really awesome for a lot of fans that probably have never even been out on the ice. Yeah. Or ice. It's not ice right now, but uh, been out on that floor. So it's really cool. I'm glad they did this. And it was exciting to have Doug on here to kind of talk about the stuff that they're going to be doing. And it sounds like we're going to have him on again a little bit later in like uh, maybe another month or so. So we can go over the other half of the promotional items. In a month? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, sweet. Okay, I thought we were going to have to wait until, like, December. No, they're releasing it mid-July. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Okay, good. So, we'll, so uh, we'll we'll find out what the other half of the schedule will be. I'm sure they're figuring out logistics of uh, actual ordering and getting rid yeah. Like, the mask, for instance, is not even, the artwork's not even done yet. So that might be announced by then because they were working on it now. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there'll be a lot more of that cool stuff leading up into the season. You know, and I have to say that I like the uh, the ingenuity there, like the, the creativity. They're, they're doing stuff like an apron. Like, a, who does that? What, what kind of, who who gets a giveaway? They're doing a hockey mask. Exactly. Well, I mean, that makes sense, but, like, it's a Jason mask. It's a, it's a luchador. Yeah, but when have you gotten to a game that's done that? No, exactly. Like, that's the Barracuda's yeah. never even done that. So, uh, I really like that. Oh, Kellen says, thanks for everything, guys. Appreciate the coverage. Hey, Kellen, um, uh, we, we were just happy to be here, frankly. Um, and this whole thing, this whole experience. In fact, after we're done here, uh, we'll go ahead and go down there, because we haven't even gone down there yet, and we'll, we'll experience some of the stuff that's in there's there. There's food trucks here. There's uh, what is it? The mechanical shark. Yeah. Well, There's the Patrick Marlowe over in between us. The Patrick Marlowe oh. banner that's going to go in the rafters. You can go take a picture with it. Yeah. So we'll go get that done right now. We'll get that done as well. And uh, Superdudes Jason said he's going to ride the mechanical shark. Uh, <laughs> we'll get video. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be recording. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, yeah, absolutely. If you guys would like to support the show, you can do that several ways. One of them, of course, Super Chat. We're kind of done here now. But if you wanted to, certainly fire away. Uh, also on uh, Venmo, you can do at the Fin Factor. Uh, go ahead and uh, hit us up with a tip there. Greatly appreciate it. Then of course, Super Jason just put it on the screen saying thefinfactor.com. If you'd like to purchase anything there, uh, the, the products that we have, hats, shirts, sweatshirts. Uh, you saw uh, Debbie. Debbie was here with her Fin Factor sweatshirt on. Looked pretty good. So. Um, if you'd like to support the show that way, get something back in return. That's the best way to do that. Of course, uh, if you can uh, like, subscribe, all those wonderful things, but also share, guys. Sharing is caring. Get, let us uh, let us get in front of some of your uh, other sharks, friends and family. And of course, plug Graham here as well. Guy knows what he's talking about. And he's going to be probably repeating on this show quite a bit uh, as the years go by. So, my God, the years go by. Aaron, how long have we been doing this now? Six years. Is this, is this our sixth season? I believe so. We're starting out yeah, here? Yeah, it's our sixth season. Yeah, Super Producer Jason is nodding. It's our sixth season. It's ridiculous. We want to thank you guys uh, for for being there for as long as you have been, whether it's since season one or since the beginning of this uh, the stream here. <laughs> Super Producer Jason's having way too much fun with stuff. Uh, more of this to come, I'm sure. All the fancy stuff that uh, Jason loves to do with the hearts. Love you guys. Uh, so, for Super Producer Jason uh, and for, for Graham, I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. And we will see you guys at some point in the summer. At some point in the summer. <laughs> Very specifically, of course. Noah right. Gregor, 10 goal scorer. <laughs> <laughs> Elite bye 10 bye. goal scorer. Bye bye. Thanks for tuning in. 
If you like this episode, check out our other content, especially interviews. You can interact with us directly through social media at The Fin Factor and on Instagram at Fin Factor. And don't forget to join our live streams on YouTube. Visit our website at thefinfactor.com where you'll find all of our episodes as videos or podcasts. You'll also find our exclusive merchandise to help support our show.